Welcome into Between the Bylines. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And I just took the bitchiest shot of all time. God that damn. Was one, too. That was bad. I owe, three, I owe two more. By the way, and I'm, I'm going to get them done in just a second. I apologize. That is... I almost want to restart. We're not going to, but I almost want to restart the pod. That's how bad it was. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> no, 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 we're, we're going to keep doing this. Um, guys, last week we did not have an official vet in. We talked about it throughout the week. I gave Jacob a layup of all layups. I said, I we were talking about it back and forth, and I said, you know what? I have Greg Olson in a couple fantasy leagues because I had my, my original tight end was, was on bye, and I was like, you know what? How about if Greg Olson gets a touchdown, you do three shots, right? And I definitely agreed to you it. Easily took that. I, I owe the shots. Look, I've won the past couple times, right? Or you know, we're pretty close. We're even, but I'd won like the past couple times, so I feel like I should give you a layup every once in a while. I and don't need your handout. No, no, you no. Offered no. this to look, me. Listen, I, I'm saying look, I was getting there. This is this is karma for trying to do that for like trying to be like like kind of a like yeah. cheeky asshole about it. Yeah, that's you that's, can be the nice guy. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be the but, nice guy with the shots. Exactly. That's what it's, it's gonna be. Well, I just mean it's karma for like saying, "Oh, I gave you a handout," or "I gave you a layup." Yeah. Like that's the karma is me taking a terrible, terrible shot. All right, uh, what are we talking about first? I'll let you get it going. Uh, man, we're gonna do a, we're gonna do the recap of the week. We have the NFL trade deadline approaching soon. Um, we're going to go over some of our best bets, and that is from Bovada Sportsbook. It's one of our personal favorite places just to go whenever we, you know, we're ready to do some some bet on the money lines, over-unders. That's where we put our personal locks of the week, which hopefully we'll be able to line up a few of our picks. Who knows? Last week we went one and two. Yep. Unfortunately, we're on a skid right now. Listen. But even still, we're 13 and eight all time. Yeah, 66%. That's still way above average. We're, we're, we've still made money. That if you're is what only the pros betting, will shoot you, is 60%. You, if you have only bet on our picks, individually, you have one good money. What I do is I bet on my picks, and then individually, and then I do a parlay. Last week I lost because we only won, won one of our three bets. Yeah. Uh, but I've won good money on the parlay, and I'm definitely up because we, we've we've swept our, our locks twice already. And with that, that's pretty pretty good parlay money. So so that that's what we've done. And we're gonna keep it going. This we're gonna week keep too. it going. We got some good locks. We have some good conversation. I'm really excited, man. All right, uh, we we got to talk about. I want to talk about Tua. I'm like I'm yeah, jumping. Yeah. In, I'm jumping at the bit to talk about Tua, but let's not do that. Let's talk about uh, what, what where are we going first? We need to talk about the trade de- trade deadline, right? Yeah. Um, first things first here. Trade deadline. What just happened, right? We just had Everson Griffin get traded to the Lions. Everson Griffin is the DN that originally was with the Vikings, got signed by the Cowboys in free agency. Now he's off to the Lions, and I think the Cowboys and Lions are basically splitting that uh, that contract like 50-50 yeah. right now. Cowboy, Cowboys wanted some relief. Detroit, I guess, is going for a little bit of a playoff push here. Yep. I mean, you got to think DeAndre Swift catches that pass, what, week one, week two? No, week and, one, yeah. Yeah. Against the against the Bears, yeah. So, I mean, that shakes up the division a little bit right What's there. What's the Lions' schedule? The Lions are probably sitting there looking at themselves right now like Stafford's playing pretty good. You know, if we can add some pass rush to that defense, we have Jeff Okuda, yeah. we have some solid linebackers. I mean, they could easily be four and two right now, easily. and that would They're swap one, spots with the Bears as a result. Yeah, they're one catch away from being four and two, and then obviously the Bears would be four and three. And I mean, yeah, that would be yeah, throw, one throw catch in away. an extra playoff spot. There's some divisions out there that aren't looking as good. I mean, you're sitting there like we're in the hunt, and they need they need the D line help, right? Like, yeah. They do. They they got the big dude from the Patriots uh, this last offseason, whose name I'm forgetting, but just I mean Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, thank yeah. you. It's like there's always a defensive lineman for the. Patriots to go somewhere gets paid. It was Trey Flowers last offseason, and uh, that's he's a good player, but I think he's been in and out of the lineup with some minor injuries, and uh, you know, it's just, it, they need help there, so that makes sense. Uh, for me, what I was confusing to me 
is the Cowboys. And I understand, look, season's lost realistically, right? You, you lost Dak, and, I mean, obviously Dalton has not been an equal or even close to the same as, as Dak ever was. And, obviously, Dak is hurt, so you might be playing a third-string quarterback this week on, on Sunday Night Football. That'll be fun. Um, but at the same time, they're, they're in the hunt. I mean— You're talking about the Cowboys. I'm talking about the Cowboys right now, yeah. Yes, the Cowboys are very much so in the, in the hunt. And the offensive line has gotten banged up. So, you know, one of the arguments we would always say is they have that amazing offensive line. Well, they're down Zach Martin, they're down Tyron Smith, Mm -hmm. and they lost Travis Frederick last year due to some, you know, physical ailment that he had. He retired. Mm -hmm. So they're banged up a lot of areas. Their defense isn't looking pretty. But they are still in the hunt in the worst division in football. We are talking about the two-win Two win Eagles, right? The, t- the two win Eagles, the yeah. The two, four, and one, or two, three, and one, some version of that? Let me find it. I, I don't remember exactly what the record is right now. I, I know we're we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about the Lions later on with uh, with this team, and uh, and it's really funny the way Bavada has it set up. But let me look that look up that entire uh, record right now. Well, I mean, it's just that whole division is so they're they're so dog shit, man. So bad. Now the Cowboys going to DC just to get their teeth kicked in, though. Yeah. You don't go to Washington just to score three points, man. That was bad. That was terrible. It, it was really bad. It changes the outlook. But the Eagles are winning this division right now at two, four, and one. Washington two and five, and the Cowboys are two and five. They're right in this. They're one game out, or they're half a game out yeah. essentially. Uh, so that's just fucking insane to me. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. You beat the Eagles, you're automatically number one in that division because uh, yeah, Washington's on a bye this week. So you could you are one game out, and you're you get to play the Eagles this week. So you could easily be three and five. Granted, I'm not saying that it could happen, but like, there's a legitimate chance that the, that Washington wins the division. Yo, there is definitely. <laughs> and and the good the good thing say. here is that there's some ways we can make money out of this. Yeah. Because we know the type of toss up upheaval this division has. It's always a dogfight towards the end. So why not look at it and be like, man, I got some bucks. I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna put it on. And Bavada has it listed. The Eagles are a minus one, uh, 180 favorite right there yeah. to do it. So I would stray away from that one just because that's not where your money's lining up. I don't yeah. really trust the Eagles. I don't trust anyone in this division. But if there's an area you can make money, the Dallas Cowboys are plus 450 yeah. to win this division. Very talented roster. Their receivers speak for themselves. They still have Zeke. The defense, if they can get healthy, maybe add a few things. And if they can figure out the quarterback, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe trade for one. Maybe Andy Dalton's better. Whatever the case may be, yeah. plus four fifty odds. Not bad. I mean, that's that's really not bad. bad at all. Yeah. So so here's my argument with with, with the Cowboys because obviously they're 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 selling Everson Griffin. I don't get it. That that's a cap move. It has to be because a six round pick isn't anything. No. And you're 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 one game out of the out of uh, your division. I understand two and five like any other division. It's over and it makes sense to trade off your 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 you know overpaid players essentially. But in this division right now where they're at, it doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, I mean there's there's some money to be made here. Uh, I actually think I like Washington more at plus three seventy five, and here's why: Washington has one elite trait, and I would I would argue outside of you know it's it. I would say that I'll say this and let me know what you think because I am kind of curious. This might be controversial. I would say that when you look at this division as a whole, the best part of this division, if you took all four teams, is the Washington Washington's defensive line out of, yes. out of every single game. And look, that's close when you talk about uh, when you talk about Carson Wentz as a player because Carson Wentz is I mean, he's the only thing on that team working right now. And I feel like he's single handedly making this team even somewhat, you know, competitive. I'm not saying it's good for Philadelphia, but they've been in a lot of games late, and it's only because of, of Carson Wentz. That is it. That's all they have right now. And, you know, that just is what it is. I know people want to shit on Carson Wentz, but, man, 
you give a dude absolutely no help, it's not going to look good. I mean, you know, Patrick Patrick Mahomes was had a losing record his last year in college. Like, it just it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, it just you need help around yeah. you. Uh, so, I, I actually would argue Washington has a better chance. And Bavada agrees with us. I mean, that's three seventy five. They they agree. Well, it, it's not bad going with Washington too because I saw the way after this win, after the way that they came out against the Dallas Cowboys, and you saw Terry McLaurin in the locker room with Ron Rivera and the way. Terry McLaurin's his his leadership is developing. He went out there as a rookie last year. He proved himself to his teammates. So now he is he has earned that camaraderie statement. You know, yeah. he he has that stamp of approval to be like, this is a guy who does it right. He shows up, does the right thing. Yeah. I'm gonna put my trust in this guy. Yeah. After the win, he's speaking to the team saying, like, we can do this. Yeah. This is ours. We have the talent here. I think they are using we talked about it early on with uh Ron Rivera having cancer in the battle that he was gonna yeah. go through. He's approaching his last chemo treatment. No, he already so had it. Did all, you yeah, see it? Exactly. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I didn't even realize it because yeah. I didn't. I was actually watching the uh, the whatever show comes on after Monday Night Football, and uh, they they showed uh, Ron Rivera walking down the hall, and all the nurses are like throwing confetti. That's and stuff. Awesome. It was a really cool moment. So really they're using was. that to rally around. They're yeah. using. You have to find in moments of darkness. You have to find the light that you can cling to, even when it doesn't look good. Washington doesn't look that good on paper. No. They really don't. But, but but you grind out some wins. Next thing you know, you're in a crappy division. Yeah. Who knows? Listen, we, we always talk about, like, the storylines we could see in the offseason, right? Like, we, we always talk about that, and I, I love that kind of way of looking at things. Like, there's so many different outcomes that can happen in, yeah. in professional football and really just any sport. But you look at Washington, it's like, yeah, there, there's a storyline I can build for you that they win this division, and it's not super crazy. You have a great young running back in Gibson. You have a, an offensive line that isn't good, but you do have Brandon Sheriff in, in the middle, so you have some pieces there on the offensive line. You have Kyle Allen, who the coach believes in, and granted, it wasn't good last year, but he had moments last year of being a competent starter. And you have Terry McLaurin, who I would argue, like right now, I feel like it's kind of this interesting like changing of the guards for some of these wide receivers where like I'm already ready to say DK Metcalf and uh, and McLaurin especially are already maybe like top 10, top 15 wide receivers in the NFL. I like, give Scary Terry top 20. Yeah, for sure. I, I think top 20 is a very good argument. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I've lumped in DK just because he's been absolutely awesome. It's like, man, he, he's he's on the trajectory to being the best wide receiver in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. it's And it's not that far off the way he's been playing lately. So, you know, so you have a star receiver. And on defense, you have a very, very scary defensive line. And that, that might be enough. In this division, like we said, yeah. it can be enough. <laughs> and if you were to put some money on this at plus 375 odds, it's not that bad. We can move to another division that yeah. is doing the exact opposite of the NFC East. This one is almost too competitive. We have three teams that have hit the five-win mark in mm-hmm. the NFC West, and the team in fourth place has four wins, and I think that's the Arizona Cardinals right now. Yeah. And I don't know where you would put your money. Seattle is the favorite. They are, they are minus 145, and... They're leading it, but to me, the one that pops out is Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, plus 600 to win the division. Yeah. Now, I I could not agree with you more, honestly. Uh, And the reason is, you look at this team, look, they've been very injured. They played the Dolphins. They had one of their worst games of the year a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you you had their quarterback was hurt. You had injuries all over the field, especially on defense. But they're still able. They're still sitting My there mistake, at four too, and three. The 49ers at the four and three. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah. So they're still sitting there four and three, one game out of of uh, the top. You know, or two games out, I guess, of leading the division. Look, they play the Seahawks this week. 
So they they beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks could go to five and two. 49ers go to five and two or five and three. Excuse me. They're right there in it. They're they're half a game out at that point. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree. At plus six hundred, that is a that is a huge steal for a team that we know has a great coach because we saw it last year. We know can put it together at the end. And really, the only the only issue, the only thing that you're gonna really say is wrong with the 49ers are injuries. Right, like injuries all over the field, sure, but most of these injuries aren't aren't you know season ending. Obviously, the Bosa injury was was a killer, but we knew about that. We, we're not taking him into the arg- argument, but like uh, you know, Debo Samuel goes down with a hamstring; he'll be back, right? Yeah. You, you have a lot of guys on, on defense. We know that Sherman's going to be coming back pretty soon. We we know a couple of players on the defensive line, depth guys that that should be coming back soon. A lot of guys that'll be back and should get healthy. They could get healthy and go down and run at plus six hundred. Put twenty bucks on it. That's you know what. Uh, I can't even think two two times six hundred eighty hundred ninety bucks something like that. It's I mean, not that's, bad. That's not uh, bad. Go at all. back to Bavada real quick because yeah. we need to, we need to at least look at the rest of the division mm-hmm. because that is the least favorite. Uh, you know, winner the 49ers being at the bottom, we have the Cardinals. They're yeah. second place at four fifty plus four fifty, and we have a really impressive Rams team that I don't think is getting enough credit. They're not for they're they're really not. No one is talking about them. It they're surprised not. me to know that they already hit the five win mark. You know, Sean McVay knows what he's doing. They are running. Their defense played lights out. I know it was against the Bears, and we all agree that they are the imposter out of the top tier teams that are on especially the, the offense. Wins. The offense is exactly. just not good. They're just not a. They're nowhere near a Super Bowl level team at all. They are going to be in the playoffs solely because I think they're going to be able to grind out some wins. Yeah. But the Rams truly show that they they can be up on the teams that can really get some stuff done. This they can. Is, this is a four headed monster, and the Seahawks at minus one forty five. They're they're not guaranteed. Look, they look great. They're awesome. They're an awesome football team. But I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna have another video out later this week on the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinal game, talking about what the Arizona Cardinals did defensively in the fourth quarter and the the overtime uh, portion of the game that really threw the Seahawks for a loop and might be you know the golden ticket for every other team to beat this team at least yeah. if they have the right personnel to to do it like Arizona did. And you know we'll get I'll I implore you to watch that video when it comes out. I'm not gonna get into it here because it's kind of a, a you know, lengthy conversation that requires a little bit of detail. Uh, but, yeah, I absolutely agree. There's That could go any way, right? Well, and that's that's why I wouldn't – if I had to pick not looking at Bavada odds or anything like that, but just looking at, the you know, the NFL and the way that everything's going to go, I'd take Seattle. I think they're playing the best oh, football. I yeah, think oh, they're, sure, yeah. They're the deepest. Yes, defensively, you know, they, ha- they have a lot of problems on their past defense and stuff, but yeah. – their knows, defense, all, their defense aligns the real like it, their it past is, defense isn't good. Their defense is one bad reason I thought they were going to go get Everson because yeah. Everson was rumored to go to them. It was them or the Cowboys early on, mm-hmm. and then the Lions got up and got him for a six. So I don't know what Seattle's doing. Maybe they are in contention to get someone that we yeah. don't know behind the scenes. Either way, you still have Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You still have DK Metcalf, who, like you said, it's insane to think that. You have the highest paid safety in Buda Baker, who was able to take a ninety yard goal line. Mm-hmm. Should have been pick six. Yeah. The highlight wasn't you. The highlight was Crazy. the guy who tackled you. The dude who came out of nowhere. DK Metcalf is a physical freak, and I think a lot of people out there, including ourselves, because we need to go back and check and see where we had him. I had I, He was my number two. See, oh, and I, I'm not yeah, going to say I, 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 I like DK Metcalf. Yeah. There was a lot of people out there. Yeah. Why did this guy fall to the I third round? Like, he was, because that was the same Calvin Ridley draft, right? Like, that was the same, was that the same year? I believe I had him. Oh, I can't remember. Calvin, Calvin was already in the league. Calvin yeah. was a, was a year earlier. I have to double check, but I knew I know I had him high. It was JJ Arcega Whiteside? 
Uh, no, I had I had uh, I had him over over Whiteside. Oh, I'm not saying you did. I'm oh, saying JJ was in that imagine conversation. Imagine the Eagles. They took JJ. They took JJ. They took over. JJ in the second. So many guys went ahead of him. Yeah, the, uh, the Cardinals. They took they took uh, Keen Butler went a little later. No, Andy Isabella. Went, Andy and Isabella went two picks ahead of uh, ahead of DK. And really, the th- the whole thing was if DK doesn't do his three cone, like if he just if he opts out of running the three cone at the uh, combine, he would have been a first round pick, yep. guaranteed 100%. Everyone could watch the highlights and know that he was a physical th- freak. He also played on a team that had no quarterback. A.J. Brown was drafted in the second round, too. A.J. Brown was drafted before D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown is awesome, but those were two, like, they had A.J. Brown on one side and D.K. Metcalf DK on the like next specimen, side. specimen, though. And, and the quarterback couldn't get the ball to the, the wide receiver. It was the quarterback that was the problem. I really think, I mean... I really believe that was a big reason on, on why, you know, certain scouts just couldn't see it. And it's like, that's man, why you felt. They said yeah. he had no lateral movement. I get on paper where it was like, that's his weakness. Exploit him. <laughs> People were trying to make fun of him on Twitter and be like, oh, Buda Baker should have just started running zigzags. Yeah. You know, mess, mess DK up. Throw him off the <laughs> throw him off <laughs> that's a straight line. One. <laughs> yeah. They said, Buda Baker run the three cone drill and you, you would have gotten that one, you know? <laughs> you could have done cares. that. But it's like, man, it, the, the craziest thing, and I know we're going way off topic, but I am going to say, the craziest thing about the whole conversation and it's good to look forward you know for future reference but it's like we were talking about oh he might not be able to run these complex uh, routes like he's not going to be able to do what I mean, his teammate what, what Lockett can do as yeah. far as a route runner and that's fine but what we knew what everyone knew no matter who you were whether you liked him or not as a prospect what you knew he could do was run straight really fast and catch the ball at the high point at what's the most foot, fucking at six foot three two. <laughs> like you knew he was like a four three runner and you knew he could high point the football like we knew that for an absolute fucking fact and people still slept on him I'm not I, saying I think everyone got too cute they started yeah, looking oh, it was course. like Andy Isabella's quick feet there was, running look, I loved Andy not, Isabella not, not to diss anyone else yeah. and our single wide side too <laughs> I, I think it's not even him. It's the way that his team is not using him yeah. in certain areas. But a stud is a stud. A spade is a spade. DK, yeah. you're a stud, man. Yeah. And listen, I'll I'll take a step back because I'm kind of tooting my own horn, and I'll I'll admit. I had our JJ Arcega Whiteside really high. I loved Andy Isabella coming out. Didn't like him as a second round pick. I thought that was a little weird. But I loved him as a as a talent. I thought he was going to be like a Cooper Cup type of guy, and he hasn't been that so far. Loved JJ. Thought he could be like an Alshon Jeffrey. Hasn't been that so far. So so look, there there were misses. I didn't think Mikael Hardman deserved to be drafted in the second round. Although I get what they were doing at the time, uh, you know. Th- so I missed a lot on the wide on that wide receiver class as well. But, man, I mean, I, I just don't understand how he fell to the bottom of the second round. And, look, like we said, he's a stud. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. You uh, want to you wanna evaluate it? Yeah. Eight wide receivers were taken above yeah. uh, DK. That's right. Marquise Brown was the— Yeah, it was Hollywood. Okay, I, I feel like I had him ahead of Hollywood. I don't remember. I have to go check. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. I didn't like Nikhil Harry. I remember thinking that. Debo. A lot of I like Debo. I liked Debo, Debo a lot. Debo yeah, was out, really of, out of South Carolina, I think. Yeah. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was a stud. Miko. Miko. Miko Hardman's was see. I thought they that were was a, a good draft class. It, it was. All it these was. guys are fantasy uh, relevant dudes. You and, know? and Hollywood kind of went. He went at twenty fifth yeah. overall. He so went because I mean, of speed. He, he went. But the thing and that's is, why Miko went because of the Tyree Kill drama. Yeah, Miko went early and, and for the same kind of reason. I remember watching. I, I remember not liking uh, Brown. I don't remember how I had him ranked. I'm sure I had him ranked pretty high. But I remember not liking Brown because I was like, but he's not even as good as the other wide receiver. And it was C.D. Lamb who like threw me off on Marquise Brown so bad because C.D. Lamb was so much. Better than him. Yeah, you have the time. guy behind. Yeah, him. It's it's like, like that's. The I think I think that was a big reason why C.D. Lamb as my number one coming to this year. Yeah. I just loved him for so long. Arcega Whiteside. Arcega, that was a miss. That was a huge miss. 
Paris Campbell. You're telling me, Colts fans, you wouldn't rather have DK Metcalf lining up right there? You know, it's funny. I think Paris Campbell was my number one. Now that I think about it, I was very— You, you liked Paris Campbell. I was super high on Paris Campbell. And he has had a lot of injuries, but I'm not going to sit here and say that was a one either. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up with Andy Isabella. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. It's it's different to think that we have a guy right now who we are talking. Yes, this mm-hmm. was the Tyler Lockett fantasy week. You know, DK kind of got shadowed by Pat P most of the yeah. game and got locked down. It's, you could but say, but I, I will I will argue the one of the biggest mistakes the Seahawks made was not throw up a couple 50-50 balls to him. The the Cardinals in the fourth and overtime, and I'm gonna go uh, go into this at length on on the video that's gonna come out later this week. So subscribe and look for that. But the Cardinals were so good at blitzing him. They were throwing uh, they were throwing Russell Wilson off with the blitzes and then not blitzing. I mean, the, the interception at the very end of the game, it was because three plays in a row, they had all out blitzed him and basically left every single wide receiver man-to-man, right, and just gave uh, yeah. Russell Wilson no time. And I, I get that that makes sense. You, you had Patrick Peterson, who is a great corner on DK. I, I 50-50 ball, I think DK's coming down with it. I, at least a couple times, are, and that would have— that's why you do that. Yeah. But the thing is, even if they doesn't, you're going to scare the defense into doing that. In the overtime, like, I, I love their, their D coordinators, the old uh, Dolphins D coordinator who became the head coach of the of the Broncos. I'm, I'm, I'm missing his name right now, but I love their D coordinator. They, they played some exotic defenses that really threw the, the Seahawks off. But I, I really think what would have just, like, even the playing field was just throwing up a couple extra targets. It might not have come down. He might have. Either way, it would have been it would have been a good call. It would have been it would have uh, scared the de- the, yeah. the defense. I guess is what I'm trying to say. We'll do we one are, la- one <laughs> last thing on that game because I know we're bouncing. But we are is, way off topic. We're way off topic. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's, that's, that's the okay. whole point. That's what we're hey, here we're for. We're we're Did talking. Did you about see ball. the highlight where Kyler threw a ball to de- uh, to DeAndre Hopkins, and before he even throws it, he is laughing. He literally laughs mid play. He, because he looks over, he's holding the ball off laces. By the way, drops back, looks over at DeAndre, laughs because Russell, he's on Russell one-on-one. Wilson Kyler, or Kyler. Kyler. Oh, Kyler. Kyler did. drops back, laughs. De- he sees DeAndre one on one, throws it. a dot to him, and he's laughing <laughs> mid play. That's awesome. It, no, I missed it's, that. It's really cool. We can we can put the link in the video or whatnot. It's yeah. I, I'm not the biggest Kyler guy all the time. That was really cool to oh, see. Oh yeah, we need. We he need hadn't to, even thrown the ball yet, and he was laughing. We need to retweet that on the between the piles yes. page. We'll do that. Um, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. No, I didn't, I missed that. All right, so let's. We went way off topic. We yeah. we got into this Bavada. We were on little, Bavada betting yeah. on it, <laughs> and we we went way off to, off topic. Let's get back to what we were planning on talking about here, which was the uh, the trade deadline. Right. That's this week. Look, trade deadline was technically next week, but by the time we record again, first of all, the deadline's probably going to be passed or. It'll be passing that the next day or whatever and also because of covid these trades are going to have to happen a little bit sooner so like right now is when teams are, are kind of in panic mode saying we need to either trade or, or yeah, keep I, I our think everson is the first one that's going to pop it open and now yeah. we're going to start now we're going to see so let's talk so we're going to divide this into two different things one are guys that we've heard rumors about right and real literally right before the show we were just like okay who's some rumors who's some guys that we think could go and we we found a list and we have some some good information on that and then we each have one wild card trade that we think would would throw everything up in the air. I feel like there's always one every year. Um, sometimes there's not, obviously, but but we have one that we're going to bring up. We think would be interesting as well. 
Let's get it going with John Ross, who has... Let's combine this, actually. Let's do A.J. Green and John Ross. Yeah. Two Cincinnati Bengal wide receivers that have requested a trade that have had ample opportunity to get on the field and get playing time. Uh, A.J. Green has gotten there, has obviously gotten so many targets and just has not been super fantasy relevant. And then John Ross, he he had, I think, 70% of the snap share in week one, and it just slowly started to dwindle to now. He's a healthy scratch every week, so so it'd be interesting. Where are you on these guys? Yeah, it's unfortunate for John Ross because you've seen the the glimpses, you've seen the highlights, you've seen the speed mainly, and now he's a healthy scratch. I think that is in part to T. Higgins. T. Higgins is playing really well out there. Joe Burrow has a good connection with him going on, and T. Higgins is a must-start in fantasy. John Ross, on the other hand... You think think he's a must-start in fantasy? he's a must-start. Oh, wow. That's I think that's hot news. Okay, cool. I I have him, and he's a must-start because he's over 18 points in the past two weeks with a touchdown in each game. He's doing really good. Burrow is looking to him in his moments of distress. And I want to see John Ross go. So the team that pops off at the start for me, but it changed after this this week's game, was the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Because we are always talking about, you know, get the Patriots a weapon. Let them see what they can what they can do with some more weapons on the outside. Give them some speed to take the top off. This past week's game, we'll get into it later with the recap, of course. It was abysmal. Won't go mm-hmm. too deep into it. So I don't know if they're in the spot to where they're a John Ross away from actually doing anything more than what they were already doing. Yeah. Still want to see John Ross on the move. He has requested a trade. The Bengals are probably going to give him that just because if you're a healthy scratch, there's some value there for a speedster like that. Yeah. I'll flip it over to A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green's got a market. I do, too. He's getting really targets. I think he's getting a lot of crap, though. He's getting a lot of hard targets. He's getting, a, he's getting those, he's he's getting getting those back 50, foot 50 third bullshitters. Yeah. Yes, 50-50 bullshitters on some dig routes where he is just come down with the ball, man. Yeah. And that's what it is. And fantasy doesn't show it. You know, this week I think he was he, he had, had eight, eight catches for fourteen targets. You know he was trading our fantasy league for, yeah, a, for, for a fourth, fourth round pick. I can't Wild. believe that went through. I Someone believe that went through. <laughs> that's awesome. He's, he might be listening, so I'm not trying to totally shit on um, it. But <laughs> team for me that jumps off for AJ Green would be Philadelphia. Yeah. Just because I think he's a big body any wide receiver. Target. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. Any, anyone that needs a receiver, I think AJ Green still got it. Yeah. I do. I, I absolutely agree. I think I think the Eagles have to be in that mindset of if there's a wide receiver out there that is a starting capable guy. Because I agree, John Ross, he should be going for pennies. If you want to give a seventh round pick for John Ross, that's where John Ross just Ross to get a go. speed guy. Sure, fine. That, that's the like, go for that. That's fine. But AJ Green might still have some tread on the tires, and he might just like I, I I was actually going to do a video a couple weeks ago about John Ross, and I dove into his targets, and every single time I, I kept coming away from first of all, like you said very bad targets like they weren't sexy targets by any mean and the other part was look he he's not as explosive and i don't think he's doing what he specifically is made to do like the routes he's being asked to run are not routes that like fit his his skill set i i would it's say it's not old aj green there yeah he's yeah. not like he's lost a step and i don't think that's a bad thing and i ended up not doing the video because i didn't really have enough meat yeah, on mean, the bone he, he to really talk about being it top five i still but, think he's a top 30 but okay i'm not sure you know top 30 is probably fair i i'd probably lean to the other side of top 30 but in that range at the end of the day, I think in the right system, running the like in the right position as far as like position on the wider receiver tree, they're trying to make him run like in the slot. I would say like fifty percent of the time, it's weird. It's very weird the way they're trying to use him. A lot like literally all he's running is slants and goes, and it's like man, like I would just use him differently. I don't know. Um, he has wide receiver one capability. He absolutely does, and, that, and that's does. where the, the, the thirty-two thing. You know, because yeah. you have thirty-two out there, there's going to be one for each team. Yeah. I think AJ Green still has it, man. I don't like some of the ways that he's getting targeted. It happens, Burrow, you're playing phenomenal right now. It's just one of the short ends of the stick where if you're a fantasy yeah. owner and you're looking at, like, 
dang, he got targeted 12 times and caught four of them. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yes, he has some drops. He's lining up against the ones, and he's still going at it. I mean, it's a tough competition yeah. out there. So I, I was kind of interested, while you were talking about John Ross, I, I looked up the 2017 draft, and I was just curious, you know, like, who came after him? And, and obviously there's going to be a couple big names that we're going to talk about. This is the 2017 draft. Uh, Corey Davis and Mike Williams were drafted ahead of him. This wasn't a great wide receiver draft. Like, this is the year Cooper Cup comes out, Juju Smith-Schuster comes out, but those are really the big names. Like, yeah. And compared to the past and no couple years. About them. Yeah, and it, yeah, and they were, like, second, third-round guys. So it's like, you know, they were exciting, but they weren't weren't like special or any, by any means three wide receivers go inside the top five and we knew coming into this draft these were the big three john ross obviously gets drafted early because of speed S- sad but true and you know it's always going to be the case when you talk about this draft class because there were nine other guys drafted ahead of patrick mahomes and he john ross was the ninth so that's kind of crazy to think but at the same time like it, it's really hard to look back they were still they were still in on uh on dalton no one knew what Patrick Mahomes was going to be, you know, like at the end of the day. That's just the way it is. That's the way it goes. Um, Marshawn Lattimore going at 11. Like if you didn't have to go wide receiver, imagine like they could add Marshawn Lattimore, who's a pretty good corner. Deshaun Watson goes 12. Uh, couple, he got defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, Marlon Humphreys, who's a great player, goes 16, another corner. Not the greatest draft. Uh, like just looking at it, like there's a lot of good names, but like there's no like stars, I don't feel like, in the first round. that Oh, T.J. Watt goes 30. T.J. Watt probably deserved to be up there. Yeah, uh, Tredavious White, too. Tredavious White's a – oh, wow, yeah. Tredavious White's a big one. I, I looked over him. Uh, but other than that, like in the first round, you know, obviously any one of the names essentially that could have gone ahead of him probably would have been an upgrade, but that is what it is. I was expecting there to be somebody that's like, shit, they could have used him. Uh, yeah. um, but that is what it is. I just wanted to look at that. Another guy, our early draft pick that I wanted to bring up, Quinnen Williams has been having a lot of trade buzz around him. And granted – you know, this is the Jets. They are they are in tank for two for tank for Trevor mode. They are they are. Hey, <laughs> you were used to tank for two. I am uh, tank for Trevor. Is there any other one? That's what it is. Tank for two, right? It's tank for Trevor. Tank. Uh, that's what I meant. Tank for Trevor, right? Eh, fail for Fields. <laughs> they fail for Fields. Tank for. There's always something like it was suck for luck. There was you know uh, lose for Lance. Lose for Lance. All you gotta do. <laughs> Top 10 pick, you can lose for Lance. Yeah. Top 10 pick is where the range that Trevor La- gotcha. Trey Lance is going to go. Yeah, okay, yeah. so but but obviously the number one pick in the, in the 2021 draft is going to be uh, Lawrence, and, you know, they're they're in the running for that pick. Uh, Quentin Williams has been, un, you know, has underperformed a good bit. You wonder, like, could they trade him? I, you know, we talked about the Seahawks at length, and I don't want to get back into that conversation too yeah. much. They need help with the D-line. They, they are getting no push before. Like, they, they rush four, and, and Kyler had all day. Any other quarterback back there has all day when they only rush four, and somebody's going to get open. That, that That's an interesting spot for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a spot they need to address, but if I'm the Jets, man, it just sucks that you took Quinn Williams third overall. He was very promising. I mean, a great prospect, and for you to be giving up on him so soon, I think the reason would be is because you don't like the direction you're going. You're trying to, you know, get some stuff for the future. Why not get something now while the price is still a pretty good asking price, I would say. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a, you know, a guy who was, what, the third pick in the draft in 2019? Yeah, he, was, he was third. And uh, some people were arguing that he should have gone above Bosa, too. At, at the time, yeah. Obviously, nobody would say that now. No, but of course. Yeah, no, that's great. I forgot that was the year that it was in Nashville. Um, yeah, I'm j- I just went back to the draft, and it's like, it's crazy to think they could have had a Devin White or, you know, a Josh Allen or an Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver hasn't played great either. Devin Bush, you know, any one of those guys are probably are performing a little bit better than Quinn Williams. That's tough to say, 
obviously, I think for the Jets, it's you know, it's one of those situations where anybody who would have gone the Jets is probably going to have a worse career than a lot of these other names that are in yeah, better that situations. That might be a reason as to why Quinnen's really not being able to step yeah, up and do that good. So totally fair. Get into another team. I'm if he's the third overall pick and you're looking at yeah. your number two, that's that's a second round pick. You think so? You think I, you, you I, try see no, I see no other way around it. I can see where you would make an, art, an argument I, behind where you haven't seen that, but yeah, hey, if I'm a team, if I'm a team, I'm probably willing to offer like two fourths, a fourth in the next two years. You think the Jets isn't, take that isn't or not? That's sad to think. No, I wouldn't take that because take that, that? isn't that sad to think about? That's how we evaluate talent. I guess it is all about after your draft value. It doesn't matter where you were taken. It matters I mean, about what you do on the field. I, I, guess. I totally yeah. I mean, I think first of all, 100 percent true. I mean, yeah. the seventh round, if the seventh round pick plays better than the third pick in the draft, the seventh round pick gets the gets the starts from yeah. for the most part. You know, maybe that's not always the case in in every you know locker room, but the good ones. The third that's the way it goes. Overall pick. It's crazy, yeah, and I, I totally get that, and I understand where on you're coming too. from. And it, granted, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've like studied Quentin Williams, but I've definitely watched you know uh, the film a little bit on the Jets, and I've definitely like paid attention to how good he's been. Obviously, just being a top end pick, you want to you want to pay attention to those guys, and he hasn't popped right. Like he hasn't been a guy who's like popped from what I've seen, and it's not extensive. I don't want to sit here and say he's terrible or anything, but yeah, it's he has not performed to the level of which he was drafted. Yeah, he could have played. You know, he it could be better for him. And you, you look at a situation where there's teams out there that might be willing to send you draft picks, and the Jets have to be in a situation where, look, they're going to drop their coach at the end of the year at the very least. They're they're going to go in a different direction. It sucks for every player that's been drafted early for the Jets over the past couple of years. Sam Darnold's going to get a raw deal. Quentin Williams is going to get a raw deal, possibly. You know, all these guys, it's going to be it's going to suck for a couple of years. It just is. That's that's kind of the way it goes. With I mean, just the way this season's gone for the Jets. I mean, you know what I mean? Is it's, that fair it's to bad. say? It's bad. Yeah. I mean. The, they um, somehow gave the Bills a fighting chance just because the or the you know they gave the Bills a run for their money yeah. this week, and I was kind of hoping they would just because I don't want to see Trevor go there. I agree. I don't. It's not Listen, fair. As a Dolphins fan, I was like, holy shit. They, holy have, shit. they have two when, first when, round <laughs> picks because you know they're going to probably get Trevor, and then they might be able to. I've seen some mocks where they get Trevor and Travis Etienne in the they, wow. they use their two first and stuff. But I mean, they do, they have two first. Where's the other first? Yeah, Jamal. Oh shit. I forgot about that. They got Jamal. Forgot about that. Yes. Okay, yeah, you're and, right. Uh, I think they, they acquired another fourth along the way somewhere. Yeah, so they probably got it for Jamal, too, and, honestly. And hopefully, yeah. you know, maybe bust up the roster. I've seen some stuff about Darnold going for like a third and a fifth or something like that. So yeah. if I'm another team, I'm definitely paying that. But the Jets, they're going to have some capital. It's just such a long road, man. Yeah, it is so, such a long road. So you're not in on, on trading, trading Quentin, right? That's where we if, landed. If I'm the Jets, I say no just because unless, if you, unless, it, unless you I get, get a, a second if you can get a, I was going to say, if you can get a second, do you trade him? Yeah, I'd trade him for a second. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then that's probably where I'm at. Okay, so let's say it's a second, but it's the 49ers. It's one of the teams that you know is going to be in the bottom in the bottom five or bottom six in the second. Man, it's hard to say with that. I, I mean, is that even? It, it, I don't. That I would say no, just because I still hold value for Quinnen going off of when he was drafted, when he was taken. Because that's fair. We haven't gotten to see a true product out on yeah. the field to where interior defensive lineman on the New York Jets. Yeah. What type of impact are you expecting right there? I mean, like, truly, yeah. you're getting no help. And then, granted, like, there's a possibility he's getting doubled every team. I don't every play. I don't know that, but he could be. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't know if that's how teams think. Like, oh, I'm going to trade a second for this guy because, or because I think that second's going to be early on, or, or you know, if yeah. they think because, like, I remember last year when the Dolphins traded Minka to uh, to the the Pittsburgh. Steelers. 
you know, that was and Pittsburgh time. was looking really bad. Pittsburgh was 0-2. They just lost their starting quarterback. I thought it was going to be a free fall. Steelers were going to have a top 10 pick. I was fine with that trade. You know, looking back, obviously, you know, first of all, the way the way Fitzpatrick has been utilized in Seahawks for the Steelers has killed me as a, as a Dolphins fan. And also, you know, the 19th pick wasn't worth it. Like, yeah. I want, I thought, I thought we were going to be in the position where we could get one of, you know, the top, have a top, top ta- tackles in the league. We got the sixth guy who was definitely a tier down, tier below. So it is what it is. But, you know, I definitely, you know, expected more from, from that pick. I would assume the Dolphins made that deal expecting more from the pick. That's just my opinion. Let's move on to, to a couple other ones. We'll give your Dolphins room. Yeah. I was going to say, Xavier Howard has heard some rumors. Now, this has been debunked right before we started recording. I got a notification saying the Dolphins have. Can you trust been, that? I mean, look. I, I think first of all, let me let me give you a little bit of backstory as a Dolphins fan. Like, I am very familiar with Omar Kelly, who's the guy who broke this news. And Omar Kelly is, in my opinion, one of the worst Dolphins analysts out okay. there. I mean, just honestly, one of the worst analysts. Uh, he he's uh, you know a Dolphins beat writer type of guy, and he is just like it really feels as it feels like he reads other people's you know, articles about the game and then writes his own and, and tries to be different or whatever. Like, that's how far off he is sometimes. It doesn't feel like he watches the games. I'll put it that way. And, and you know, he's beloved in Miami by certain people. But in my personal opinion, I don't think he's very good. I don't, I think he's wrong a whole, whole lot. So that could have just been something that he just fucking said because he thought he would get tweets. It was like, like, you know what? No one's talking about this. Let's stir it up. Because I'll be honest, I hadn't heard too much talk about Xavier Howard. No. I think defensively, he, well, I think your team's doing good. I see where you could justify. No, I mean, uh, let me, look, can I can I put this yeah, out there yeah. just before? Xavier Howard's a top five corner in the NFL. Like that, and that's, I would argue top three. I'll say top five definitively. He is a top five corner in the NFL. And if you look at the way he's played just over the past seven games, six games, he has been out of his fucking mind. Like he has gotten a pick in the last four games consecutively. Consecutively, he has locked down receivers. He is a shutdown corner in this league right now, and he's got and he's getting paid like it. He is a, yeah. the second highest paid corner in the NFL. Byron Jones, who plays opposite of him when he's healthy, is the highest paid corner. So like this dude will go for a high value. And the way Omar you know put put out the tweet was that he basically said the Dolphins have an offer on the table table for Xavier Howard, and they are seriously considering it. That was that was the wording of the tweet. And you know, I, I, I'm this is personal to me. I'm a huge fan. Like I, I love that team. Um, I love Xavier Howard. He, I remember when we drafted him, and like it was the beginning of the second round, and I wanted Xavier Howard because we needed a corner, and it was between him and some dude from Florida who I don't even remember his name. I think he went to Tampa Bay. I don't one of the Florida, you know, one of the Florida corners that came out a couple years ago, uh, and I wanted Xavier Howard so so bad, and I, I still remember that. And it's like I don't want to lose Xavier Howard, but at the same time, if you're offered two firsts and a second for a shutdown corner and from a team that maybe like feels like they're one corner away from being a Super Bowl contender, you, you have to consider that offer. Two firsts and a second. I'm, I'm pushing the buy button automatically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Xavier is a top five corner, especially when you look at age and everything that goes into that. You're getting a guy that you can have on your team for the long haul. You already kind of have the contract ironed out as long as that transfers over to the team. I mean, yeah, which it would, I assume. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds good. I just think that's one of those things I don't see it as. I, I think this, it's trade, not, it's I think a, it's this a whole trade deadline as a whole, with COVID, with it, what way everything's going, there's a chance that cap's going to go down, so you don't really know financial aspects on futures. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to be an underwhelming trade deadline. I really do. Yeah, and that ha- I feel like that happens every other year. Like yeah. last year was an exciting trade deadline with uh, with like the 49ers trading for a wide receiver like, and Emmanuel Sanders. And like there was a couple other moves that happened where like we had plenty to talk about on that pot. Yeah. This year, you know, you're absolutely right. But we got to talk about There's the rumors, chance. right? Well, of course, the rumors are the best part. That's yeah. the most fun. <laughs> and we have a lot of huge names that are going to come up in a few in just a few moments. But I don't know how true you can take any of these just because of yeah. the, the weird year that we have in sports right now. I totally get that. I'm not sure. And, and you're saying, so my whole thing is, I'm a Dolphins fan. I said two seconds, and two firsts and a second. That was yeah. my personal thing that I said. I don't know anything else other than that. And I would I would argue, yeah, that's probably more than any team should give up for any player for the most part other than like a star quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. It shouldn't happen. Mid first. There you go. So, so I was going to say, depends on the team. If I feel confident that's a mid-first... The teams that I'm hearing, and, and you tweeted about it, is Buffalo and the Titans. When you're looking at teams yeah, that those are, those need, are gonna be in the need 20s, to take a step though. up... Okay, yeah, 20s. Yeah, I, I'd say no. I think Xavier Howard is, like I said, one of the top five corners in the league. I I would trade... I, if I... I'm trying to look. I'm trying to be like very realistic with value because like we always talk about first round picks in mid season as like these awesome commodities. But like we went through that t- 2017 draft. The ninth pick in the draft was John Ross. Yeah. The twelfth pick in the draft was Derek uh, Derek Barnett, who's been a good player, but like he's not a star or anything. There are times you know, in draft classes. Yeah. And, I, and I, once again, COVID. COVID. This yeah. year is going to be the first round pick isn't as valuable get, after you get past like ten. Yeah. Man, you're looking at two years ago on film, and it's like I saw that. I kind, you know, yeah. I'm saying you got to you got to think you have got you. Have, we're gonna have film on like the Big Ten guys, right? Yeah, the guys that just started playing again. We're gonna have five or six really meaningful games to look at, and usually you have thirteen. You know what I mean? Like so, there, we there's a huge to see difference. A top ten pick in Trey Lance, one game this year. One game that was like a scripted game against a nobody, you know, the Arky State. And, and the only reason to get that going was yeah. just so you could have a Trey Lance showcase until exactly. you have the Senior Bowl and whatnot, or if yeah. he's going to even get invited to that. It's going to be hard to say on film where guys are going to go in the draft. So, yes, there are those picks where it's like the the Jets, Is that, it worth that Seattle late pick. That's that why I think nobody. Seattle killed it for Jamal. Yeah, that could be nobody. Yeah, it Very well could. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Let's move on. We, we we beat that into the ground. Let's go pretty quick on these next two, and then I want to get to some yeah. of our exciting ones, and then we'll get into uh, the our picks. And I, I do want to talk about Tua real quick as well. So the next player we got to talk about, and I want to go first on this, and then I'll, I'll, yeah. I'd love to hear what you think. It's it's Julio Jones, and in my opinion, I hope he doesn't get traded. We've heard rumors for a couple weeks. I think Julio Jones is one of those legacy players where he belong. He deserves to first of all make his own decision as as a player. Like he should get to go wherever he wants. If he wants to leave Atlanta, fine. But to me, I, I, like spe- putting myself in the in the shoes of an Atlanta fan, and even like the franchise, even the owner, Julio Jones is one of those guys you just don't trade because he's a true like first ballot Hall of Famer, legacy guy that will be right alongside all the greats in the NFL of all time. That's that's where he is. That is his career. That's the guy he is. And I think guys like that, I don't care if you're you're tanking. I don't care if you're a bad team and you're trying to get the most out of your assets. It goes beyond that, in my opinion, for guys like this, and I very rarely believe that. I always, I do try to look at this as a business, ninety nine percent of the time. But this is the guy. This is a player that I feel like it rises above just the business of the NFL for me. That's my opinion. I'd love to hear what you think. I, th- I think you nailed it. Julio Jones is a top five wide receiver right now. If he retired, he still has plenty of gas in the tank. He has showed that yes, he gets banged up time to time. He is still a top five wide receiver in the NFL to me in my eyes. Right now, when you're looking at it business wise, 
Yes, Atlanta, you have Calvin Ridley. He's not a Julio Jones. He's a damn good wide receiver one, though, and you can move forward in your, you know, in your time and knowing that you have Calvin, you could let go of Julio right now while he's still got gas in the tank, probably pull a second-round pick. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I I don't know what Julio would go for just because it's so weird to think. This is one of those things I mentioned with COVID and with big names always being tossed around. It's always tossed around. We've heard Michael Thomas, too. I don't think he's going to get moved. I think the Falcons should appreciate what they have in Julio and – I guess pretty much just how good he has been as a person on and off the field whenever it comes to showing up and doing his job, you know, and getting all that stuff done. So Julio's going to stay. If he goes somewhere, terrified to say it, but it might be Green Bay. Shit. Green Bay is a great one. Just I something that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I would have said Colts and Eagles again. I'm, I'm. If there's a wide receiver on the on the block, I'm gonna look at the Eagles because the Eagles are one of those teams. Like, yeah, they're in they're in position to win their division and all that. But this end of the day, they're gonna need a wide receiver after this year is done. Like, they're gonna need. It doesn't matter. They're gonna need a wide receiver until they get a wide receiver. So, I feel like they would be stupid not to at least yeah. you know look into that. Uh, the last one that we need to talk about that's been on the on the rumor train for a long time. Got a touchdown this week, David and Joe. I have said from the beginning, from the offseason, I don't think this is going to happen. I, I do think this team wants to keep David Njoku. Now with Austin Hooper getting hurt, uh, and, you know, David Njoku is the guy now, I, I kind of. Harrison um, Bryant. Yeah, you're right. Harrison Bryant has come a lot. But I'm not really going to kid ourselves. But he's, a, but he's a rookie, yeah. yeah exactly. Bring him up, because you talked about him in the offseason. You nailed this pick. Yeah, no, I liked Harrison Bryant a lot. I mean, he was one of those guys who could truly is a physical freak and stretch the field as a tight end. And Baker yeah. was throwing to him a lot, man. Two, t- uh, two touchdowns with Austin Hooper going down. It looks like there's a chance that, you know, Harrison Bryant could be. He's, he's a hot commodity in your waiver pickups, too. So why not? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, you got to think this is a dude who who uh, came out of uh, where, where did he He's come Florida out? Atlantic. Of? Florida Atlantic. He's a kind of a, a lower lower level dude, but he was a baller for Florida Atlantic. He's playing really well in the NFL. I'm very excited to see him. And it's kind of weird. It's funny, you know. We I, I hate to go off topic again, but it's weird how like these these rookie tight ends. It always seems like they come out of like the fourth, fifth round, third, fourth, fifth round, and become really good. Like you look at you look at like okay Baltimore Ravens they draft they draft uh, Hunter or uh, Hurst you know yeah, Hayden uh, Hurst in the Hay- first Hayden round. Hurst in the first round before Lamar Jackson but hit by the way by Mark Andrews and hitting Mark J- Andrews in the in the third you know Mike Gesicki is a hit for the Dolphins after three years but he was drafted in the second round you look at all these guys that are drafted in the first round Evan Ingram OJ Howard you know uh, David Njoku and they're all sputtering and maybe part of that is is the the expectation it's like maybe we would be more excited about these guys if they were drafted in the fourth and fifth round and were you know showing up but in, in my opinion they're just they're struggling you yeah. know uh it's just interesting that's a very 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 uh side point i, I think the browns should retain david njoku just because of the injury and the way that they're going to yeah. utilize tight ends as long as njoku's happy though who knows he's had some problems with all that but uh yeah. what's your what's your crazy give me your crazy trade man all right so there, there's two one i do think i think two uh, of them okay. well I, I don't have a crazy one i, I want to bring up the patriots trading for a a offensive lineman I think the Patriots are going to at some point trade for an offensive lineman somewhere. I think they're going to be it's going to be a name we don't know, but I think, you know, pick out a team that, you know, I look at I look at the Broncos first round pick from a couple years ago who had a couple issues last year. I can't remember his name, but they had a tackle there. They could trade him to the Patriots. I you know, there's there's always a name out there. The the Patriots I feel like are going to target offensive line. They need to because they've had so many issues there. Um, I, I, you know, I have a couple crazy ones. Uh, give me yours, and then I'll, I'll come back with mine. 
I mean, we already talked about him in Julio Jones. It, it was a Julio Jones being moved to like the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. because it sounds like the Green Bay Packers are a team that I was wrong on personally. I thought they were going to have some second year woes. Mm-hmm. The, they are, they, you know, they are just they are just rolling along. Don't doubt Aaron Rodgers. Ever since he got messed up that game against Tampa, he came back out and he's been throwing some punches. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Adams is on a roll. Get him another weapon in that, and like Julio Jones, I I think they are a legitimate Super Bowl push. You're keeping the window open. Yeah. So I, I do have a crazy one, and this is something that has absolutely not been rumored, even a little bit, and will like 99.9% not happen. But I've mentioned the need for the, the Seahawks to get defensive line help, right? They are a true Super Bowl contender when you look at this offense line. But this – or excuse me, for if you look at the offense period, but you look at the defense, and they, they struggle at every aspect, but the worst part of their defense is their D-line. They get no push anywhere. I think they should call up the Eagles and try and try and trade for Cox. Wow! Get I like get that. Fletcher Cox in the building for the Seahawks, and the reason I say I say that is because I think Fletcher Cox is on the tail end of his career. I think he's a guy who who is you know obviously on a team that their team loves Fletcher Cox. I get that, but the team the the Eagles do have some depth at defensive line in general, and Fletcher Cox might be a guy that that isn't in their you know next three year plan. Because he is older, he's he's on the tail end. He has declined a little bit from like the year they went to the Super Bowl and won. He's not that level anymore, but he is a he's a tier below. He's still one of the best D linemen in the NFL. And, and if you put that on the Seahawks, at least you have somebody who's an actual weapon, and you can build around that on the defense line because they need something. And I I believe the Seahawks are in push mode, push it all to the all you know push everything in all in kind of mode. Once they get Jamal Adams on the back end, I'm comfortable with the back end. But then I. Still feel like I need somebody on the front end, the defensive line that can do something. It's an all-in move. It's something that, like I said, 99.9% won't happen. But I, I like the idea of trading from a team that, you know, they're they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Not going Even if they make it to the playoffs, they're going to be competitive. Yeah. So why not, why not move one of your bigger assets and get second, third round pick, something like that? Yeah, I think the bigger overall thing you're hinting at is just Seattle's need yeah. for – some some pass D-line. rush and yeah. it's you know they missed that they let Jadavion go they missed yeah. that on Everson they missed that on Everson at the trade deadline right now someone out there they got to get someone because you have yeah. too good of a team you are firing on all cylinders yes you're in a very competitive division I give you props for that hmm. I don't use that against you you were going up against that week in and week out in the standings and you were still at the top of that division let's see it happen the NFC is kind of looking shaken up right now and there's another contender that I would say in the Buccaneers who are really coming out right now, and they are looking damn good. Yeah. And after the trade deadline talk, we're about to get right onto them. But Seattle, acknowledge where you're at and go make a move and get rid of some assets to be able to retain your future. Yeah. Right and now, then, like, it, it's now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then on the Eagles side, I feel like the team that makes the playoffs in the division, I know we already talked at length that division, so this is my last thing. It looks. I, I would if you made me bet. It would take. I would take the Eagles to be the team. Obviously, for the Bavada odds, I probably wouldn't because the odds weren't in, in our favor. But if you if you look at just the team in general, they they seem like the team that should win. And I think that would be a disservice to the team if they miss the playoffs. They're in a better standing because they they miss the playoffs. They have a top ten pick. They make yeah. the playoffs. They don't. 
<coughs> and then you're, you're in a situation of the top mid-10 pick, you can actually get a very valuable asset that can that can help your team moving forward. I feel like that's probably better in the long run for the Eagles than making the playoffs and losing the first round no matter what happens. All right, that's my take there. Let's move on. I want to talk about two things, and we'll get into the picks, and we'll, we'll close this, this show out, all right? Run it. Real, real quick, your thoughts on A.B. getting signed by the Bucks. Oh, this won't be real quick. Man. Okay, that's fine. It won't be real I want to hear what you think. It won't be real no, quick no, it doesn't have to be there's quick. a lot okay. of areas that we got to go into it yeah. and unpack this from. Listen, we don't have a time stamp. It's fine. Antonio it's Brown's crazy. Um, we we wrote him off a long time ago, said, man, you're a clown. And, and you are a clown. The, the way that you acted towards your teams, your, your teammates, talking to Juju. I mean, think about it. We're a year removed, a year and change removed now. If he shuts up and wears that helmet, he's getting $33 million guaranteed on a contract. Mm-hmm. He is he is thankful to be coming back for $2 million with incentives right now. Is for that the Tampa. what it is? $2 million did with not incentives. Realize that. I did not realize for that. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crazy. Tampa Bay, you're balling out. Tom Brady has a soft spot for him, and I don't know what it is, Tom. Maybe it's because in New England, whenever you got him, y'all really gelled, and you were like, damn, this dude is good. Yeah. Not doubting the talent. And they I, did gel. They gelled I, I very gen- quickly. I genuinely think that Antonio Brown is still a top five wide receiver talent when he comes yeah. back. I, I don't think him being out has anything to do with it. This guy is going on six years in a row besides last year with 100-plus catches. Mm-hmm. That is insane. I mean, it's legendary numbers. Yeah. Could have gone down as one of the greatest of all time, depending on the time that he missed and what could have happened. He was and yes, Tampa Bay was already listed by Bavada as the NFC champion. I mean, they're, yeah. they're the favorites to win the and now they're yeah. adding Antonio Brown. Tom Brady is coming out. He is the ageless wonder. He is beating Father Time. That's why I didn't say this would. This that's why I said this would take a while because yeah. we got to give them props. Yeah. Because Tom Brady's playing lights out. Absolutely. They're getting Gronkowski Insane. involved. Add Antonio Brown to it. Yeah. Shit, man. Here we go. Yeah. So let, let's go there. I, I look. I'm gonna toot my horn when I'm right, and I'm gonna admit when I'm wrong. And I said pretty much all offseason that if the Bucks were going to be good, if the Bucks were going to look the way they should on paper, then they would have to change their offense. That Tom Brady was not going to be able to air it out. He wasn't going to be able to do that. And listen, you know, I might still claim victory at the end of the year if his arm completely gives out. But as of right now, that's not happening. Yeah, man. He's killing. As, as of right now, he is playing on fucking fire he is playing so fucking well you know what look he's he's the greatest quarterback we've ever fucking seen and i've always been so hesitant to say that because i've always felt like there's other guys that are more talented i don't care dude's the ageless fucking wonder he is so fucking good and it's awesome it it really is it's it's amazing to watch greatness and i'm actually mad at myself literally i was watching the bucks (laughs) i I was watching the bucks raiders game last week watching tom brady play awesome and and i and i kind of like sat, sat back and reflected and I was like, man, I have hated on Tom Brady. And not, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, so he's in my division. We played him two times a year. You get sick of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I I, did not respect their greatness for so fucking long. And I, I respected it in, in the admirational way. Of course, he wins six Super Bowls. But just, you know, on the week seven and week eight where he just takes care of business on a weekly basis. Like, stuff like that. I didn't respect it at the time, and I'm mad at myself now. Like I, I you know, your take I, there reminds me of my take with Aaron Rodgers. It's yeah. a come to Jesus moment where it's, it's like, like, man, I'm tired of playing your ass twice a year. You're so good, <laughs> yes. but I don't like you. Yeah. But now separate yourself from it, and it's like it's good, it's man. just nothing but respect. So with yeah. that being said, like go to Antonio you know, Brown though. Antonio Brown is going to add a factor to this team. First of all, both Mike Williams and and Godwin have been in and out of this lineup, so 
he, yeah. and Mike, Mike, did I say Williams? I'm sorry. Mike Evans and Godwin have been in and, in and out of this lineup. Uh, so AB is going to play. I, I would imagine he's so talented. We'll see. Obviously, he's taken a year and a half off of football now. So who knows where he really is physically anymore because he was getting up there in age. But, like, yeah, I, I absolutely think, and I, I looked it up just because I was curious in these incentives, and you were absolutely right. $2 million uh, basically is what he's going to get paid, which is nothing for a player, an NFL player. 45 reception gets him 250000 650 receiving yards gets him 250000 and six touchdowns gets him 250000 And then he could get an extra uh, 750000 if they win the Super Bowl and get 35% of the snap share. I mean, look, all those things are probably going to happen. He's probably going to get an extra seven seven hundred fifty thousand onto his his salary. But like, even the incentives aren't crazy. You're telling me at the most he can make three three point five million dollars this year, Antonio Brown. That's crazy. And That's we were, ridiculous. We were a year and change removed from talking about astronomical amounts for this guy. Ridiculous. I'm not so, going to back so he's from a, a talented. He's a fucking clown. clown. He's yes. a, I absolutely agree. He's a fucking clown. He will help this team. Uh, it will be, I, you know, I, I call bullshit on uh, on uh, Arians saying that Tom Brady didn't have a part in this uh, hire. And I understand he has to say that, you know, like he, he runs his team, whatever, whatever. I don't care what he says. Tom Brady went to management, went to the coach and said, hey, we want a real we- weapon. Scotty Miller isn't the guy. We can upgrade big time with a with an Antonio Brown type of player, and you know he's absolutely right. I I agree with you. Look, you said they're one of the best teams in the the NFC. I'll go a step further and say they are the best team right now in the yeah. NFC, and they are right up there with the Chiefs as as one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Tom Brady, he's killing it. Bruce Arians, it's gelling. Now, one thing I want to look at from the Antonio Brown thing is the type of comments that Bruce Arians has made about Antonio Brown, they're saying that that's something that they were they were never going to look at. You know, that, Yeah, they didn't consider it. And I don't is, blame him for saying that. I think it's definitely coach talk, some bullshit when, when they came and out. He, and he is the fucking king of that. We yeah, learned, exactly. We've learned this offseason. We really learned it a couple offseasons ago, but like this offseason we have documented all the bullshit he said. We don't, we're not going to ever trust him again. As Tom far as, Brady is the reason Antonio yeah, Brown is there. Exactly. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Of course. Come on now. All the stuff that you said about him and you said, no, that's a decision me and the GM made. Whatever, say that because you have, have to repair your Antonio Brown of thing. Course, yeah. Maybe Tom Brady can keep Antonio Brown reined in. I hope for the sake of Tom Brady because it's fun to root for. It really is right now. Their defense is playing really good, by the yeah. way. So they're not just a one-fold system. They're getting Gronk yeah. involved. Survive the injuries, get to the playoffs, and that's when you can really see Tom be Tom. Yeah. So I, 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 we're going off topic again. Uh-oh. Fuck it, that's what we do here at Between the Pylons. I really want to ask you this, and I, I have a take on this, but I'm going to let okay. you go first here. It, we're watching Tom Brady perform so well well with the Bucks, and then we look at the Patriots right now, and they're uh, sputtering. If we look at this dynasty, this 20-year dynasty that we saw with the Patriots, was it Tom Brady all along? Has he been carrying Bill Belichick for the past 20 years? No. No, I, I will say that. And I'm so glad you said that. I'll all say right. it because it, does, it doesn't look good right now. But I will still say no. I think it was the marriage of Belichick and Brady and the yeah. way that they were able to work amongst each other. And it's okay to say that. Belichick is still they a genius. They can both be really fucking good. Belichick is still a genius. I'm sorry, but that roster right now, yes, when you take away a top five quarterback in Brady, your team's going to get worse. This past week for Cam, I guess we can go ahead and have that conversation now instead of at the recap. We can just kind of gloss over it then. Yeah, real quick. It was really bad. It, it really was bad. bad. Yeah. He played bad. I know all you haters out there, you were ready to jump on that ass and get him. It's okay. We're three weeks removed from whatever he threw 400 yards at Seattle, and I had to listen to him not going through read progressions. 
to sum up, you're going to bitch about him no matter what he does. He throws for 400, you're going to bitch about him. He throws for 90 and three picks. It was ugly. It was bad. He acknowledged the fact that he's got to get better or else he's not going to be able to get better anymore because he's going to be on the bench. Listen, I look, and I absolutely agree with you. First of all, as far as just who who is the winner, I, I I'm I'm kind of moving towards the this Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm moving towards the Tom Brady side in the sense that, like, for the past 20 years, I have always believed that Bill Belichick was carrying Brady, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Like, I'm I'm watching I'm watching Brady perform outside of the outside of the the uh, system that he was in, in in New England. All right, but at the same time. I'm not moving that far uh, towards Tom Brady because let's be really fucking honest. Tom Brady has a ton of weapons in, in Tampa. Like, he went to Tampa for a reason, and we couldn't see it with Jameis Winston being there. But two top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, you have a great offensive line that got better in the draft this past year. You have good running backs. Like, and granted, you know, uh, you know, Jacobs or Josh, whatever, uh, Josh Adams, is really just come on this year. It's, Josh, it's not Josh Adams. They're running back. Uh, Josh Jones. Josh Jones. Thank you. I don't know why I said Josh Adams. That's the Notre Dame running back. Uh, Josh Jones is really coming on this year, and he's gotten a lot better with Tom Brady there. But in general, like, great offense. So Tom Brady, you know, performing amazing, performing way better than I thought he was going to, but still in a good position. Then you look at the Patriots. Look, they got totally fucked over by opt-outs, first of all. Like, yeah. let's, let's start there. They they signed uh, Cam Newton to a contract very very late in the season. It's and Ronald Jones. I knew we were dumb. That's why I looked it up. Ronald Jones. Yeah. What did I say? We said Josh Jones. I, I said jo- I, I, I was way off on that name. I was missing him completely. All right, Ronald Jones. My bad. Um, I promise I know my shit. <laughs> anyway, so they he you have the opt outs early on in the season. Then you you sign Con, uh, Cam Newton very very late in the off season. So he's learning the most complex offense, and they're having to kind of build an offense on the fly around a Cam Newton, which is totally understandable. Then you get hit with COVID for like three weeks in a row where you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to uh, train. You have to take health ab- above, you know, football. And I honestly, I give minor props because this is just what any human did, should do. So I'm not going to like, you know, absolutely roll out the red carpet for him, but I'll give him props for, for Bill Belichick, you know, taking the health of those players of, above any football operation issues. So, yeah, it's been it's been ugly. It's been really ugly. But a lot of this is the fact that not only Cam Newton, the rest of the football team has not been able to help. And look, the same defense that I've heard from every Patriots lover over the past couple of years that you know I have agreed with, but also kind of scoffed out, is totally totally true. Edelman is hurt right now, and he's a shell of himself. Nikhil Harry cannot get open. Nikhil Harry can be, can't beat anybody. He's not fast enough to to get open versus absolutely anybody. It's it's just ridiculous. Bird, uh, Brian Bird, Bird, Demir yeah. Bird, thank you, is the only receiver on that football team that can get open right now. Sometimes Jacoby Myers, but really not even him. For and the if most we're going to argue on the behalf of Demir Bird, Bird, exactly. And so Johnson, yeah. also the offensive Jacoby line Myers. is injured. Every single position on that offensive line right now that started against the 49ers was a backup to start the season. So stop acting like this is all, you know, Bill Belichick's fault and they suck. You have opt-outs, you have COVID, you play a really good 49ers football team, and you have injuries all over your offense line. You're not going to perform well. Cam Newton has so many fucking excuses, but the haters for Cam Newton are not going to listen to that. And you, 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 uh, you know, take that more personally than I do. Like, whatever. They I don't, commit me, bro. I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't really care too much. Like, I think Cam Newton's great, but it seems like every single year – Except for his his MVP year, he's had a couple weeks in a row where he's like 
been off, you know? Yeah, I mean, my, my a, whole point <laughs> being is when he plays bad, he played bad. Yeah. But when he plays good, he plays let's, not, let's not nitpick the man and just sit exactly. there and be like, well, he threw for 400, I, but I it think was against I think Seattle's bad I, uh, yeah, At the end of the day, I think Shut it'll get up. better. Yeah. I, I don't. I think they're going to lose this week. Oh, okay, so I we disagree on that. We're we'll, going to get into our picks. I we'll get into that. Buffalo. i got to do one more thing here. And should we get into our picks and we'll just talk about when we go to the game, or should we should we talk about two right now? Save it for the picks. Yeah, All right, let's Because okay. we're going to have a lot of talking points when we get to Let's that. get to yeah. the picks, and we'll take a little bit of time on these picks. All right, guys, we're going to go. Uh, listen, we are still a 66% uh, uh, correct rating or whatever you want to call on our locks of the week. So pay attention for our locks. Make some money with us. Let's go to Thursday night. Falcons are going to Carolina to face the Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three points. The Panthers are playing so much better than anybody expected for this they season. Are. They are awesome. The Falcons are are obviously you know, one in five lost lost in the fourth quarter to the Lions last week because Todd Gurley doesn't know how to go down before he goes <laughs> goes in the end zone, which wasn't his fault. It's not like he ran all the way into the end zone; like he literally was trying to stop and just couldn't. His momentum was going too far forward. That just is what it is. Um, but I, you know, this week I personally think the Falcons are going to win the football game. I do believe over the past two weeks they have kind of turned a corner as far as like simplifying the defense a little bit, simplifying, not not the defense, simplifying the offense a little bit and playing a little bit more, a little bit better defensively with Reem Morris as the coach who I do believe Really deserves a good long look as the the uh, oh, as the court, as yeah as yeah. the as the true head coach as for, as opposed to just being the interim head coach. I think Morris really deserves, if not with Atlanta somewhere, he deserves that opportunity. I think the Falcons win this game. They beat the Panthers straight up, and obviously they you get three points. So I'm taking the Panthers to uh, cover as well. Or the Falcons, to co- yeah, you want the Falcons? Oh, Falcons to cover. God, I'm uh, all I, over I, I have the Panthers winning. I have the Panthers covering, and I think CMC is going to come back this week. Panthers are playing really good offensive football. They are controlling the clock. Teddy Bridgewater is showing that he is a good quarterback. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say absolute franchise guy, but, I mean, then again, he's yeah. winning you games at the highest level. That's Look, what you ask for. He, he really is, and as somebody who put out a video about how he's not super great uh, the uh, after week one, and I didn't say he, was super, he wasn't super great. I just said he couldn't throw the deep ball very well, and he couldn't in week one. I have been getting absolutely roasted in the comments on that video. <laughs> so that's, that's been a lot of fun for me. Um, go but check this, that video this out, is I guess. a game that I think has shootout capability. Um, the Falcons, you would think, we've said that a lot, though, whenever it comes to the Falcons, because they have a lack of defense, a really good offense. It's not been shootouts the past couple weeks. Yeah, it's weird. It's been very weird. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. I, I think they're trying to play through their run game. They're trying to slow the game down a little bit and help out their defense. And I guess that's the right call. I, I you know, I, I think from a Maybe I'm too much of a fan, but I do think they should just I see open it up. Five. I want to see him let Matt Ryan loose. Let, let him, him sling exactly the ball. open let's, it up. Let's see him throw it forty times a game and see what you fuck it. Win some fantasy players their leagues. Who cares? Yeah, uh, you're not winning anything else. At least help us out. Yeah, really. uh, I, I totally get. I think this is a coin flip game. I truly do. And, and usually in coin flip games like that, I, I'm going to take the Falcons divisional matchup. So I'm not really worried about the home team. And obviously in COVID, home home in a way doesn't really matter at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm taking the Falcons here. I, I totally get where you're coming from. CMC coming back, I, I think it's an upgrade. But Mike Daniels has played very, very well as well. As well, so it's you know I'm not like I'm not sitting there looking at, at Christian McCaffrey coming back saying like oh shit their offense is going to open up because it's been good without him too. Yeah, like and I, I hate the damn dude. Though. Oh, he absolutely is, and I hate saying that because I know how that comes off, and I don't mean for it to come off so like callous towards McCaffrey because he is one of the top running backs in the NFL. He's awesome, but they've gotten it done without him. So like, I'm curious to see what 
extra features that happens with them. I actually think they're going to kind of, I think it'll be back. I think it'll be active. I think it'll be like 50, 50 this week. And then it'll move forward next week as getting more involved in the offense. That's my projection, but yeah. that's just me. Let's move on to the game. We really disagree with. And one of like the bigger disagreements of the week, because I think we're very, very on, on different sides. We're right? opposite as you can go, including over under. Cause literally I saw that you picked that. And usually we don't look at our picks, but like, I just, I just glanced at it and I saw, it and I was like very, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't have been. Cause you're, you're picking, I feel like, the team that maybe is favor. Yeah, you're picking the favorite team. I'm taking the Patriots to beat the the Bills, right? The Bills are hosting the Patriots, uh, three and a half point uh, spread, and I'm taking the Patriots to win. And here's why. And and I think you'll, you know, I'd love to hear what you think as well. The Patriots are a football team that can that can stop the run. Excuse me. They're, the Patriots are a football team that cannot stop the run, but has absolutely amazing corners in the secondary, right? The the Bills are a team that cannot run the football, but can throw the ball really, really well. I think that is a bad matchup for the Patriots. This is a matchup-based game. This is a matchup-based uh, projection that I'm saying. I, I don't know. I think this week, right now, the Patriots are better than the Bills. I don't know just as a team if I would say that the Patriots are better than the Bills if I was like doing a ranking 1-32. to But this week, I think you, you look at the Bills offense versus the Patriots defense, the Patriots have the have the advantage because they will be able to shut down uh, Stephon Diggs. He's not going to have a good game. I'm very confident saying that. That he will be able to shut down that passing attack. And the run game, listen, it's not going to be good, but it, the, run, the Bills can't run the ball anyway, so it doesn't matter. And then flip it over, the Patriots, look, the Patriots have not been able to throw the ball the past couple weeks. The Patriots' pass attack has not been good. But what can the Patriots do? They can, they, run it. they can run the football. The Bills can't stop the run. The Bills are almost in the exact same boat as the Patriots, in my opinion, as far as they can't stop the run. Um, so I, I look at I look at this as a Patriots game to win. I could be wrong on that, but that's kind of where I'm standing. I see a field goal game. I see a field position game. I see this being something where Josh Allen is going to have to use his legs and mobility to keep plays alive because, like you said, Stephon Gilmore, they're going to lock up digs yeah. you know bill belichick is going to say okay we're going to make you make some plays on us josh allen your your young arm you know there's been he's had some issues the past few weeks with yeah. not really he hasn't lost you the game he hasn't won you the game though and that's mm-hmm. where you really want to see your because he was getting tossed in mvp caliber yeah. you know areas for a little while so pump the brakes still a really good quarterback he i've seen some a lot of improvement out of him but you know I would argue my biggest issue with, with Allen because he's so fucking awesome at times. You're about to say consistency. And when he's yeah, first of all, it is consistency. The second part is just it's really just accuracy as is being consistent enough to be consistently accurate. I guess is, is really what I'm yeah. trying to say because you're right. Consistency is the big issue because you see some weeks where he is he is he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Some weeks, like legitimately, that is his high point where he has weeks where it's like fuck. If he does that every week, he is he is in the same level he's as the Patrick guy. Mahomes. Like, that's how good his good is. But his bad is still winnable. They can win games with his bad, but his bad is inaccurate. It's it's not consistent, and it's just it's it's unfortunate, but that's just how where we're at with uh, Josh Allen right now. Bills are still winning this game, though. You think I, so? I think so. I, I think it's going to be a hard go at, uh, at it for the Patriots' offense. I don't know what Cam's going to be able to bring to the table. I'm afraid to say that it's probably not going to be that good of a week if you have him in fantasy. You're definitely not starting Cam Newton right now. You need to look at other areas because Buffalo Don't is going to be able to lock. They're going to be able to lock down whatever options the Patriots have at throwing the ball. Like I said, there's not a lot going on. I there. actually think this is going to be a great game for him fantasy wise because I think he's going to run the ball a lot. I want to see. Him I do really it, man. do because the Bills. Can't, I don't want to root against him. The but Bills I think can't Buffalo stop. controls the clock. They control yeah. this team. I, I get what you're saying. I don't think the I don't think the Bills can stop the run. And I think the Patriots. 
Excuse me. That was a that was a shot burp. That tasted nasty. Um, I think the Patriots are going to go back to to the the drawing board and say, look, we know what we have with a with a Cam Newton. We're not beholden to this dude for a career or anything. Let's run the football with him. Let's win games. I think that I truly believe that's where they're going to well, go. We with disagree this. on this one so much. Why don't we throw our shot bet on this game this week? Straight okay. up on the line. Straight. So we're going. We're we're taking. We're, we are going to take Bavada's three and a half point favorite for the Bills. So you're giving me three and a half points. I'm going to give you three and a half points, and I I just want the Bills. Thanks, Bobata. Game, game script. They're going different ways in our heads, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll move to another line that I think is a really, really enticing one, mm-hmm. but it might not be in the way that you think automatically. Titans are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Bengals are a six-point underdog. Over-under is set at 54.5 points. And let me tell you why. I'm going to take the Titans on the pick, and um, I want the Bengals on the spread. Oh, you are yeah. taking the Bengals yeah. on. Oh, you're changing. Okay, so we agree. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> I want the Bengals on the spread. I'm so glad you said that. Bengals are playing really good football. They are. They are able to stay close. They are, if not able to beat certain teams that they shouldn't be able to. Joe Murrow, man. He, he's awesome. He's poised in the pocket. His ability to extend plays and make the right throws when it matters. And throw it to the other team with the Titans. They will play Jacksonville close. They will play the Chiefs close, for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go, the undefeated yeah. ones. They will play the good close. They will play the bad close. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I was Even as you said that, you are like, let me tell you why the Titans are going to win this game. And I was literally just about to say, tell me why the Titans yeah. are going to cover. That's no, really what I, I wanted to know. I think they're going to want to get Derrick Henry you, going again. You are absolutely – look, I yeah. can see the Titans covering. This is not a game I would bet on. Uh, like, the Titans could absolutely cover. Six points is too much for me. Uh, I, I saw I saw the Titans play the Jaguars as a three point football game. Look, the, the Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind, and even like last week they lost the the Steelers. He still put his team in a fo- in a position to kick a field goal to tie the game late. So like he did what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. It's so fucked up as far as like the way we look at the NFL, where it's like, oh, you didn't win the game, so you so you're it's a, bad. It's a W you or it's an L. You yeah. didn't win in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, but like if you watch the game. He was in the fourth quarter. He put himself in a position to win the game, to get into overtime and possibly win the game, and his, his field goal kicker missed. That's not on on on, uh, on uh, Tannehill. It's just not. So that so Tannehill's playing awesome. I think they can absolutely blow out the Bengals if they want to, but they played too many teams close. There's no way I can say they win by a touchdown. Well, I'm just and not that confident garbage that. touchdown from Burrow is very capable of very ruining likely. this line for you. Very likely. Yeah. And we've gotten burned on garbage time touchdowns the past couple weeks, so it's I'm bad. not touching that one. All right, uh, next game, Raiders. Raiders go to Cleveland to play the Browns. Uh, I am taking the Raiders to win this game. We disagree on this as well. Damn, I This is going to be a very telling week wow. on our picks. Wow. We are through four games, and we have three disagreements. That's awesome. And we're going to have more disagreements. Shit. All right. Um, oh, wow. I just looked at the next one. We're going we to disagree on the, on the fifth one as well. All so, right. Someone's going to be right, <laughs> and someone's going to sit here and be like, All right. hey. So next week, we'll take a little bit of time at the beginning and talk about where we're at on our, on our reigns, because we haven't really talked about yeah. that. I don't know. I'd have to do the math in the past couple weeks. I don't know who's save winning it for right next now. Week, yeah, we'll save it. All right. So the reason I think the Raiders win this game, look, the Raiders are coming off a really, really bad game against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, as we said earlier, is one of the better teams in the NFL. So like I didn't expect them to win that game. I'm not upset that they lost the game. They were they were in it in at the beginning of the fourth quarter, then it got out of hand and it, the score looked worse than it was, in my personal opinion. I think the Raiders offensive line is gonna be better because look they they the offense line basically didn't get to practice all week and then got to go up against Tampa Bay and and just got demolished. It just is what it is. There's no easy way to say that. 
Now they get to go up against the Browns, specifically the offensive line. Yes, you have to worry about a Miles Garrett. That that Browns offensive defensive line is no joke, but it's not as bad in my opinion as like a Tampa Bay offense a defense line that has so many big guys in the middle that can just push you. And it's like that's it's not it's going to be a different kind of uh, competition. I feel like one on one competition for a lot of these tackles. Either way, I think the I think the Raiders are going to be in a position to win this game. I do think it'll be close. I do think it'll be. A four to five point win by the Raiders. So I'm not like super, super confident. I'm not going to sit here and say you're stupid for taking the Browns. But I, I do think, uh, you know, you I look at Ruggs to get a deep touchdown. I, I look at Josh Jacobs to get going on the in the run game again. Uh, really, since week one, he's been average at times and really bad at other times as far as fantasy production goes. So it's been six uh, points this past week. Yeah, I'm surprised it was six. I didn't even know it was that much. Um, because, it, but granted, I don't. I I had Josh Jacobs in the league, and I sat him for uh, for McKinnon, which was a bad decision at the time, or bad decision. Well, looking at the in way retrospect, the offensive line was going, though. But I, I stand by the decision. Like I, I knew Josh Jacobs wasn't going to do what we knew that was coming. It yeah. just is what it is. That was a bad matchup. This week, I think is a better matchup. I think they win this game. And uh, let me know what you're thinking. Man, give me the Browns. I'm telling you, zero and five, yep. one interception. He had that interception before he had a pass yard. Mm-hmm. And me and you were texting each other like, is Baker got it? Is it it? Is <laughs> I'm glad it we brought this up. Yeah. You know, we, we were texting about it, and I was like, man, I really like Baker the person. I like Baker the leader. But I don't like Baker on the field right now. Dude. He fucking hurt us. He hurt all of you out there. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Browns fans share this this weird chart where it says, Baker, Browns have a really good win. Mm-hmm. Baker lets it go to his head. Media, you know, media just eats Baker alive. Then the next one is Baker uses this as motivation. And yeah. he has a come alive game. And then <laughs> right here, we're at the top part of the chart again. So we're ready for a Browns letdown, which typically we feel like this happens. Baker has a really good one. You know, he gets it going and then they lose and then he uses it as motivation, blah, 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 blah. The man threw for five touchdowns. He knew it was national tight end week whenever he was hitting up Harrison Bryant for two touchdowns and David Njoku for a touchdown. Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, <laughs> I'm going to give the man a shout-out. He did a really good job with some of his catches. Rashard Higgins is a guy that you need to go target in the absence of Odell Beckham. Odell, I you're one of my favorite wide receivers. I hope you get better. You were a true talent to the game, and it sucks that you're gone. ACLs, man, I don't know why God put it there other than for just a tear. <laughs> That's all we got. I was trying but to see. I, I think I think the Browns are going to get it done, though. I, I was trying to look and see exactly what the text was because I, I couldn't find it on there. But I was something along the lines of I texted you and was like, "Bro, Baker fucking sucks." Like it was so it was, it it was, was so one. like shitty. And it was like you know this very like knee jerk reaction because Baker was sucking that first quarter. And then I switch over. Like I'm watching another game and I go back to to Cincinnati Browns because they're close and it's like. And I hear the announcer saying, Baker's had an amazing game. You like said, all this shit. You said, bro, I think Baker's a bust. I said, Baker looking really bad. <laughs> and then I went, Baker, 10 of 10, two touchdowns, 150 yards since going over five. He then went and doubled that again. That's so crazy. I said that, and like the second I said that, he just flipped. That's awesome. I, I look, I, we'll see what happens there. I could see that going either way. If the Browns yeah. win that, I'm not going to be shocked. Let's move on. Uh, Lions uh, host the Colts this week. The Lions are favored by three points. I do think the Lions win this game. Uh, this is a close one. This is one another one we disagree on. And again, listen, I, I do think this is a little bit of a coin flip as well. The reason I'm getting to the Lions is because I think the Lions have enough of a passing offense to take to threaten the Colts defense. And I do not believe in the Colts offense when it comes to coming back in the fourth quarter. That is what I doubt. I know that the Lions can go up to on an early or can go up, can get up to a lead quickly. Excuse me. I, I tripped over my words a little bit. I know the Lions can get up to a lead quickly. I don't know that the Colts can come back from a deficit. 
That's that's what I that's really what I base this on. I think this is a coin flip. I think these teams are evenly matched in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of good uh, competitions. Like I'm I'm so excited to see Rose against uh, against Galladay again. Yeah. You know that great division rivalry that we've seen. You know two two weeks out of the year for a long time. Now we get to see it one more time with uh, with the Colts. That'll be really interesting. There's a lot of great like inner game rivalries that we're gonna see. But at the end of the day, I do think the the Lions win this one. Statistically, the Colts have the number one defense out there. I mean, they're oh, yeah. they're, they're playing awesome really defense. good. Yeah. Why does Bavada have the Lions as a three point favorite? I I don't see it. I, I see the offense for the Colts being efficient. So you think I this see, line's way off? I think it is way off because okay. I see the Lions defense being middle of the road. They can you know they can show up sometimes. They can do, but. The Colts offense, Jonathan Taylor, hopefully they get him going early. They're able to let Phillip Rivers make the throws that he can make and not win you the game. Don't put him in that spot. I don't think they're going to have to get in this spot. I have the Colts. I have the Colts covering. And I have the under because I just don't see them hitting 50 points. Yeah. 21 to 17. Nice. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I I totally get where you're coming from there. Uh, I I think think Matthew Stafford— favorite, though? I get it. I think this is this is a game where look if you if you take away the home field advantage, this is an even matchup. Like you always say, like the Vegas uh, Vegas gives gives the team three points or gives the home team three points. I think this year that probably shouldn't happen. I don't know. If Bavada, that's part of the reason. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if Bavada is doing that or not. That's that's a big question to me. But I you know if that's what they're doing, it makes sense. This is an even matchup. This is a coin flip game, not a game I would touch either way as far as betting. Um, some props I really like, but uh, we'll get to that you know at a different time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. I absolutely I see what you're saying. I think Lions win this, but we'll move on. Vikings Packers, the second matchup for the Vikings. And if you follow this channel, if you follow this podcast, you know that we got smashed in our locks. We got we got crushed. We said we said the Vikings were gonna not only win, we said the Vikings were gonna crush the Packers, and the Vikings did not do that. We put so it as our lock off. of the week, and uh, you know we got off to a bad start on our lock, so we're still two and one in week one, so not terrible. But yeah, we were way off on that, and I have changed courts completely. I'm taking the Packers to win this game. I'm taking the Packers to cover. I don't think it's a line. Seven point line. Packers are favored by seven points, uh, and I'm taking the Packers to win this game and cover. I think this is a little bit of a blowout. This is a bad matchup for the Vikings. I didn't realize that in Week One. After after seven weeks of watching both these teams, I do think this is a bad matchup. And I think this is a game the Vikings lose handily. Yeah, it's a bad matchup all the way around. Yeah. Um, I think defensively the Packers are going to be able to give Kirk Cousins fits with our O-line, and they're going to be able to send a pass rush. They have some good corners. Uh, I think there's a way that we can put up some points in this game. Mm-hmm. That's why I have the over, because last time it was ugly, ugly, and then we ended up getting like three touchdowns from the third, mid-third to the end of the game. Yeah. Kind of made it look a little bit more respectable. So I'm going to have the Vikings covering this. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where it is probably up by like, 13 or something, and then we get that late touchdown, you know, one of those situations. Packers are winning this game, though. Once again, I I know I've already said it before, Aaron Rodgers is old enough to babysit some of our corners, and he (laughs) did that week one. He's going to do that again. (laughs) He taught him some lessons, that's for damn sure. Yes, and now, the one thing you don't want to do, and it feels like the Packers do it on purpose, is piss him off. Just piss Aaron Rodgers off, whether it be through who you acquire in the draft, your lack of trade deadline efficiency, the media going at him saying he's done after the Tampa Bay game. He's mad. And he's he's gonna seek some vengeance, some unneeded vengeance on the Vikings. So so here's my question. So everything you said leads to Packers covering this, but you're saying the the Vikings cover. Vikings have a way where we can score points. 
Oh, you know, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's so my team, John. I, I get that, but are you saying like take away your team hat and just say you want to lock it? No, I don't. I don't want to lock it. No, lock that's this. fine. We don't have to lock it. I'm genuinely asking because I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and everything you said. Other than <sighs> Vikings can score points, is Packers are going to win this game and they're going to win this. Game. Like it sounds like we agree, but then you're disagreeing with me on the spread. Yeah, I disagree with you on the spread, man. Okay, fuck it. Hey, that we can sit on the spread. Fuck it. That's that's because I'm afraid you're gonna lock it. <laughs> we don't have to lock it. That's fine. We can't lock it. We're not locking. We can't lock this. Do you game. want to change your pick to to Packers covering? No, I don't. Okay. Look, that helps me out. That's I want. I want to stay the same because you've given me so much push against. I think you're scared. <laughs> okay. I think you're scared. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking scared. You're bro. scared of my Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Listen, I hope the Vikings win. I do. Um, there's a chance. Yeah, there's there's always a chance. It's a divisional game. We are the best one in five football team out there, maybe other than Atlanta. Yeah, you're you're in competition with the Tampa or with uh, the Texans as well. Nah, we beat them already. That's true, you did beat them. Okay, fair enough. All right, right, so let's get to Jets, Chiefs. I'm not going to spend a whole lot on this. I think Chiefs win this (laughs) game. You want to talk about a fucking line. Yeah, 19.5 point over over, or cover for the Chiefs. This is a a blowout according to Vegas, and I get it. Uh, I'm going to say the Jets cover 20 points essentially. Uh, because the Chiefs haven't blown a team out in a while, I think this could easily be a blowout. I'm just not touching 19.5 points for... You know, I just you don't have my to explain sanity. why you're not touching 19 and a half. Yeah, points. that's just that's just Chiefs like win. It. I have the Jets covering just to play it safe. That's just that's bold. Yeah, and look, if you want to bet on that, have fun with it. I'm not going to. I don't think we're going to lock that, but I get it. I totally get the line. That's probably where I would put the line too. Like as far as yeah. like if I was if I was you know making the decisions in Vegas, like I get that. All right, so let's get to the game I've been wanting to talk about. We we pushed back the Tua segment to talk about it now. So we're going to take a little bit of time on this Rams-Dolphins game, and that's mainly just because I'm a selfish Dolphins fan, and I want to hear what you think. All right, Dolphins are hosting the L.A. Rams, who played on Monday night, so the Rams are on a short uh, short week while the Dolphins are coming off a bye. The Rams are favored by four and a half points. Um, I, I'm, I'm biased. Like, I gave you shit for being biased on the Vikings. I am biased. I'm taking the Dolphins to win and obviously cover because I'm getting the, I'm getting you the points. You gave me shit for the fucking Vikings hitting I seven did. points. You I'm picked not gonna, the Dolphins to beat the Rams? I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I literally just looked at this game and said, I have never, I, it's been three years since I've been truly excited. It's the most about, excited you've been for I have been, I have been excited for the past two weeks and I, haven't been able to say that in a very long time as a Dolphins fan. So I just couldn't even, I couldn't pick against my fins this week. I will be an analyst the rest of the year. Give me this one. I want to see what Tua looks like. Please tell me what you think about Tua. What, what do you think about them starting him over Fitzgerald uh, or uh, Fitzmagic? All these things. What, where are you at with this? I thought it was Fitzmagic. He was playing well. I thought the way that he was leading the team and kind of giving into Tua was those. But right now, you're a spot where you have a top five pick coming in the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. You need to know what Tua is, or at least what he can be. If you mm-hmm. see a glimpse of hope, you're good. Mm-hmm. But if not, there's always a chance for Trevor. There's always a chance for Justin Fields. Because we are in a new age to where we started to see it with the Cardinals. We have seen it. You know, Josh Rosen and Kyler, a top 10 quarterback, go to a number, get overpassed in one year by the number one guy. You're not married. Happen. You're not married to these guys. We're so not anymore. married to any of these guys. It's, Absolutely, it's a different thing to where it's like, hey man, that was a wash. Let's trade and see what we can get while we can get it. So, Tua is either being showcased for other teams out there right now, because I have no doubt in my mind if you somehow get that number one pick, it's Trevor. I agree. It should be. I agree. And if Tua does good, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're doing good. But you can't miss on Trevor right now. Yeah. Won't even get too deep into that. So you would sell Tua into something else. I think he's going to have a hard day, though, against the Rams' defensive line. Their defense showed up well against the Bears. The Bears have a better offensive line than the Dolphins do right now. You have some guys that are playing good. 
Yeah. For, we're in we have some rookies that are showing yes, up. We, in areas that I didn't think they were. Yeah, our, our fourth-round offensive guard is showing up out of nowhere. Um, we, we've had some Rams really good draft picks. Rams win this game, though, man. Rams win. I get it. I'm, I hope for your sake as a fan because I don't – I mean, it'd be fun to see. I have no reason to root for the Rams. You know, I like Aaron Donald, I guess. But, I mean, let's see Tua go out there. Let's see him throw the ball. Let's see him play good. Listen, I, I totally get it. And, look, we disagree on this game. And, obviously, the competitive side of me wanted – Wanted to really look at this game it from just a you know a logistics stand, standpoint. I probably would have taken the Rams because I agree with everything you said. I, I'm not naive to the fact that yes, we got we caught the 49ers on a week where Garoppolo was hurt and we were able to beat him. We got some interceptions that made the game look a lot worse than it was for the 49ers, and then we got to play the Jets the next week and blew them out. So I, I'm not naive to the fact that the past two weeks have been just kind of fluky, and we're three and three. And as a Dolphins fan, like it's exciting, but also like okay, you're. You know, Bears fans are excited right now, and I'm. And I can tell them very confidently, you're not as good as your record shows, <laughs> and that might be case for the Dolphins. But I, I'm sitting here, I'm picking the Dolphins. I I think I don't know. I just I, I just didn't want to pick. In your them. head, you were clinging to yeah. 2004 draft class. I didn't. I did not. <laughs> so let's go there because yeah. we talked about this at length, and you know, over the past couple weeks or past couple days in text, and I I brought up this thought. And it scares the shit out of me. Because, look, you guys know, if you've been watching for a long time, I've not been the biggest Tua supporter. You can go back to my video that I did on Tua a long-ass time ago for the draft profile. And then, again, a video that I did on uh, on the quarterbacks in this draft class. And, and I talked about how, you know, all these things. I, I thought, you know, Herbert has awesome upside, but I didn't believe in it, right? I, I thought Burrow was a, was a slam dunk, and I was a big fan of Jordan Love, right? Tua was the player that I liked, and I had him as my third quarterback. I saw the talent, but I I didn't believe in it coming out. I really didn't. I was very, very nervous about the injuries. I was very, very nervous that he really never, like, I didn't see, like, I don't know. I was, I was nervous about the team that he had around him. I just didn't see it. I saw him as a, you know, his upside being Drew Brees. So I get that. And I'm hoping as an offense fan that I'm so wrong and that he that's is Drew I Brees. That's where I see it, though. That's where I that, see that, it. I see him being an efficient surgeon as yeah. his attributes. That's but I, I, was, I was nervous that he didn't have that, like, next-level playmaking ability. And if he has this injury issue going to play behind the Miami Dolphins, might not be the best call because he didn't seem like a guy that was getting out of the way of a lot of hits. And I think that's a fair statement considering the the litany of injury issues that he had throughout his college career. That's totally fair thing to say. Some people might not like that, but that is what it is. As, as a fan, I'm so fucking excited. As like a realist who's literally, literally looking at this and saying, Scared? Burrow is a star. Burrow, like we know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confident. Burrow's a star. I did a video on Justin Herbert uh, last week. Herbert is going to be a fucking star. Like Herbert might be better than Burrow. That's Herbert, like Herbert's got Herbert's it. Herbert's got it, man. And, and look, I look at Herbert as like he would have been the number one pick in the draft if he had a, if he had a, co- uh, a college they just didn't team run around. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they if they would have given him any chance to show what he can do to showcase his skill set, he would have been the first pick in the draft. I'm so confident in saying that Oregon's fucked him over. Like. Uh, that's the best way. And granted, fucked him over. He's a sixth pick in the draft. He's not hurting too bad. But in the at the end of the day, that's that they hurt him as far as his draft stock. An underwhelming senior campaign. Yeah. yeah. And then Tua, how when's the last time we saw a three quarterbacks get drafted inside the top ten and all three be really good? 
there's always a bust in there. There's always one. And like, I'm pretty confident already. I know we're only seven Man, games in. Man, 2020 is a weird ass But year, I am really it. fucking confident that two of them aren't busts. I want to see what Tua can do. I'm so fucking hopeful. I want to, I've never wanted to be wrong so bad in my life because I didn't believe in Tua coming out. And I, you know, I, I believe in the talent. I get the talent. He's very accurate. He can be a surgeon. And in the right situation, he can be really good. Can the Dolphins give him the right situation? That's that's really where I'm at at this point. I, it's going to be a it's going to be a heavy talking point. We might do a full breakdown on the we game might have to on where it goes. We might have to. We'll see, but we'll move on, move on. to the last undefeated team. This mm-hmm. is the Pittsburgh Steelers at six and zero, going Crazy. to take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a three and a half point favorite. The line is set. Bavada set it at a forty six and a half point spread. I have the Steelers. I have the Steelers covering this, of course, and I'm going to have the over. I think the Steelers are playing some really good football right now. No discredit to the Ravens at all. I like Mike Tomlin. I like Big Ben. And I love their defense. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. They are playing good football. I think this is so unfortunate. This is a a, a 12 o'clock game for us, so, you know, an, an afternoon game. This should be the Sunday night game instead of the Cow- the Cowboys-Eagles. I wish they would have flexed it or something because this is going to be a great, great game. I'm so excited for this. I am taking the Ravens, all right? I do think the Ravens win this football game. I think you look at the strength of the uh, – you look at the strength of the Steelers' defense specifically, and you see a defensive line that is really, really good. They can get after the quarterback. Well, I think that'll be, you know, I, I think that'll be not as big of a talking point as maybe it would be against other teams. When you have a Lamar Jackson, it's just a whole nother world. I do think Lamar Jackson wins this game. I think this is they're going to win the game on the backs of a really, really good, a really, really good offensive performance. And then I do think you look at the Ravens defense. They're going to be competitive. They're, you know, they're they're going to give up some points to the Steelers for sure. But I do think they will. They'll be able to come up with some big stops and some big moments with some, you know, unique blitzes and stuff. Bring down Big Ben. Give Lamar Jackson a chance to win the game, and I think he does that. We got to mention it. Right. Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. To the Ravens. Oh, I forgot about We totally missed that. Well, I, I was saving it for this. Oh, yeah. I thought okay, it was one call. of those things where we could good mention call. it with the acquisitions. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, You know, the Vikings, he didn't work, Yannick didn't work out for us. It just mm-hmm. one of those things we shed ourselves. I, it wasn't I don't a think, push year. I don't think it was. Uh, didn't work out. This was the Vikings started off one and yeah, five. and it was like, why Why do this? Whoa. We got a, we, you know, we lost a second, okay? Okay. We got back a third. So we were able to at least not shed the ourselves the a little bit. Yeah, not the end of the world. Instead and still being that bad. Ravens, you're getting a dog, and it's only going to get better. Trust me, the Ravens are doing what most teams who have that window should do. Push. Go get it. Surprised the, the, the Seahawks didn't do that. I really am. I, I know I keep going back to that, but to me, the Ravens were not the team that needed defensive line help. They're, they'll use them. Oh, any player, they're loaded. Any yeah. team in the NFL can use them. Doesn't matter who you, who you name. But I, I, I am a little bit surprised by that. But you're absolutely right. That's going to be a great acquisition. And honestly, listen, Viking fans might be upset. I don't know if, how upset you were. But at the end of the day, that was the right move. Well, you, one in five, man. Yeah, you got to you got to at get least get, where you can get value. Get the assets where you can. Look, we were super excited about the trade. We thought the Vikings were going to be a lot good than they, a lot better than they were. And I think you know, actually, kind of going out and like listening to other analysts talk, and and you know, we were we were in the minority on that, and we were wrong. So we that just is yeah, what it is. We were you just know? being fed a different message. We'll, we'll, you know? ta- we'll take you know, we'll take our L's. We ride a lot too, so we'll take our L's when we have to take them. Let's move on to Chargers Broncos. Uh, let's look at this game. The the Broncos have a three point cover, so Chargers are, Chargers are favored by three points. I do think the Chargers win this game. I think they win this game decisively, and you know, obviously. Herbert won his first game last week. Uh, her, you know, it was one of the first games where the Chargers actually stopped running the ball on first and second down every single drive in the third and fourth quarter. They actually let Herbert, you know, take the reins a little bit. I think that continues this week against the Broncos. I think the Chargers are a better football team, bottom to top. 
and Herbert puts them over the edge. I think this is a this is a big one for the Chargers. It's a lock. It's a lock. I absolutely it, it, agree. It's a lock. Herbert, you know, <laughs> Herbert is elevating this team to the next level in areas to where if their defense banged up and isn't able to get it going, I don't see the Broncos' offense being able to do that anyways. Yeah. But if you look at a game like last week in where the offense, you know, the defense is kind of letting you down, mm-hmm. Herbert can get you over the top, man. He's got it. I, I absolutely agree with that. We'll lock that. I feel really good about that. I think these lines are going to – Vegas is going to catch up to the Chargers very soon because obviously you so look get at, it while you can. Yeah, yeah. They're 2-5, they're and five, and I get that – or 2-4. and four. Yeah, they're 2-4. and four. It hasn't been good, but they played a monster. Look, well, they and lo- they're still continuing that same streak from last year about one-possession games. Yeah. They're, they lost a lot of one possession games. They lost. They were they were leading against the Chargers. The the, you mean uh, the Buccaneers. Oh, excuse me. Yes, excuse me. They were leading against the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Saints all in the at, at half. Right. Three all three of those games. Teams. They were playing. He. I would argue this, and you might disagree. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes when he played the Chiefs. He out he outplayed uh, Drew Brees when he played uh, when he played the Saints. And he looked just as good as Tom Brady when he played uh, when he played the Bucks. Tom Brady ended up throwing for f- uh, five touchdowns, so maybe he didn't outplay him. But it, he was on that level. Gr- you know, just granted, those are just yeah, one if, game. If we're talking about know, the young Herbert being yeah around those names, that's just one game. I'm not saying they're at that. He's at that level right now. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But I am saying in those games and those moments, he he performed good, out his mind. Him. I'm going to continue saying that he continues to play really good. Let's move on. Uh, Saints, Bears. Bears host, host the Saints this week. Saints are getting four points in this game. I'm taking the Saints to win this game and the Saints to cover. The Bears showed their weakness last week. I think the Bears are going to play a lot of ugly football games. Their offense is not good. Matt Nagy is a terrible offensive coordinator. He's a terrible offensive play caller, and I think he's a bad head coach for the same reason that he came in to be a great offensive-minded head coach, and the defense is the only thing keeping them alive in you know this season. The defense is still going to be really good. They're they're going to grind out some wins, but I think against the Saints football team that has the offensive power power to over to at least score on this Bears defense, I, I don't know what we're going to get from the Bears offense this week. I don't I don't care what it is. I don't think it'll be enough. Not going to lock it. Not I'm not I'm not going to lock it because of the Bears tendency. I see another game down that I want to lock. I don't know where you'll feel about that because it's a it's a hefty. We'll spread. lock it. I see it. But that and that'll give us two. Okay. The Bears. Ability to keep games ugly, yeah. and it's a discredit to them, credit to their, you know, they just keep stuff ugly, they keep it close, yeah. and that's why we're still at week seven or eight talking about are they good or are they bad, but they have five <laughs> wins. Yeah, it's hard to lock them. Yeah, I, I get that. I lock against them in that case. I, I have agree. the Saints. Yeah. I agree. This is this is the last game where I think there's a lot of conversation because we the last game we disagree on. 49ers Seahawks. The Seahawks uh, host the 49ers in a division matchup. Seven that, games we disagree on. Seven. Wow, that's a lot. Wow, that's crazy. It's a record. Uh, that's easily a record. We usually agree on a lot of these. This is a week where I, I look at the 49ers as a as a football team that will match up very well against the Seahawks. Right. I, I do think again. And I said this earlier against about the Patriots and the Bills, where I think the Bills, if I ranked one to 32, I would put the Bills ahead of the Patriots. But I'm taking the Patriots to win the game. I feel the same way about the Seahawks and the 49ers. I think the Seahawks are a better football team overall. I think the 49ers match up really well against the Seahawks, and they're going to win this game. And let me tell you why. First of all, the Arizona Cardinals show, uh, showcased what the biggest weakness for this uh, Seahawks offense is, and it is exotic pressure. All right, and the 49ers can do that. They have speed at linebacker. They have some. They have some guys that can. That they have speed at defensive line, and they have some guys that can get upfield and pressure the quarterback. Right, and on top of that, they have corners that can handle man to man for one to two seconds. Right, and that's that's the big thing as long as you, you don't have guys that are just getting completely blown off the ball immediately 
you'll be fine for the most part in, in those big pressure situations. And then flip it over, you have a 49ers football team that can run the football no matter who it is. Jamichael Hastings, I'm taking a, another big win. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I was going to give you props if you weren't going to mention yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I fucking called that shit. I'm sorry. I, I probably should... I should stay humble and then maybe people would like me more, but who cares? <laughs> I, I was right. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Jamichael Hastings playing awesome off a, a, a uh, undrafted free agent that I was very high on coming into the draft shocked that he didn't get drafted but he goes to the 49ers getting got his chance last week to really get some playing time and show that he has some legit speed and he fits perfectly in that offense they will be able to run all over a Seahawks defensive line that has nobody that can stop the run just absolutely nobody and if they want to overcommit to the run you have George Kittle you have Brandon Ayuk who's been an absolute baller so far they'll be able to go over the top when they do I think the 49ers win this game I can see where the 49ers win this game based on that that game script and the way it goes I see Russell Wilson and this offense being able to play some hero ball and any curveballs that Kyle Shanahan offensively throws to them, Russell Wilson is able to rise the occasion offense and just double down and he's he's able to keep his team in this game to win it. Mm-hmm. And it it's why he's still the MVP candidate. It's why he's most likely going to get it. And I'm glad he's going to get it this year. Seahawks win. Fair enough. I absolutely agree. Like Seahawks win this game, I'm not going to be shocked. But same for um, the 49ers. If they yeah. win, it's like this. I mean, it's a divisional game. It's a very close division. We'll see where it goes. Really, really quick on this, uh, Cowboys Eagles. There is no line. There's no over under. There's nothing like that because we don't know who's starting a quarterback for the Cowboys as of right now. I don't think it matters either way. No matter how how it splits, I'm taking the Eagles to win this football game against the Cowboys. It's a nasty division. We spent so much time in this division. That's all I'm going to put. It's it's ugly. Um, John Bostic of Washington, you're dirty for doing that to Andy Dalton because he was no, clearly was sliding fucked. like come on man that was fucked uh go back to John Bostic that's also the guy in college if you've seen the he was from Florida the play where Teddy Bridgewater gets holy his damn shit. head taken off holy shit that's John Bostic damn so that's John Bostic that's a fucking connection John Bostic <laughs> he's a head hunter and Fuck. he's 2-0 and on heads right now Jesus so, that's crazy yeah, that you uh, said that he's not suspended he's not fined Something like that. that. That's okay. It was just, it was dirty. He didn't like it. Eagles are winning this game either way. That's, guys, look that fucking play up in college against, against Teddy just and look Louisville. Up Teddy Bridgewater hit. Promise oh you it's the first thing that God. comes up. Yeah, that was a brutal one. I forgot. Damn, good fucking call. John dude. Bostic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last game. It's a lock. Monday night. This is our lock. We we knew it before we even got to it. Bucks are, are going to New York to play the Giants. The Bucks are going to blow out the Giants. I, I Look, this is 11-point. Giants uh, aren't scoring over 10 points. Yeah, I agree, man. And this is tough because we've gotten burned on these big big lines before. I don't care. I, I'm confident. I feel In very— what, what way does this game script play out I to can't the Giants? See keep it. It I can't see it. I can't see it. I don't know. Look, a couple a couple interceptions, a couple fumbles. Short of that, I think, I think the Giants have to get— Two to three turnover, like have to win the turnover margins by two to three uh, turnovers to to keep this within eleven. I think that's how bad. Tom of a Brady's going to have a field day, pick apart job on offense. And then when they get up, they're still going to be able to run the ball and do the play action game and all that. And the Giants, as beat up as they are on offense too, still have to get through the Buccaneers' top five defense. It ain't happening. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. I'm glad we didn't take too long on that. That's it. We're good. All We're right, good, guys. guys. Hey, thank you so much to Underdog uh, Network to, for uh, putting us on and, and really getting us out there. We really always appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much to you guys on YouTube. If you made it this far, it's worth a like. It's worth a subscribe. I promise we'll be, at the very least, very entertaining from time to time. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, hit us up on, on uh, Twitter if you're interested at Between Pylons. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Peace. Seven.